Welcome to Awards Radar, the podcast, a weekly discussion of the awards races, Hollywood news, and the films you should have on your radar. Here's your host, Joey Magidson. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the Awards Radar podcast, our final episode before the Oscar nominations are announced. Yeah. Yeah, that snuck up on us. So, um, yeah, next week. We'll have our reactions episode, but uh, this week is our definitely not impromptu final-ish predictions episode. Final for Miles and Steve. Final-ish for me, because I'm not doing them yet. <laughs> I'll worry about them before Friday when I put up the piece. But we'll go over the categories, except for the shorts, since I'm not cruel and I didn't require them to do that research. Um, and uh, we'll check in on the awards that happened, and we'll, we'll set the stage as best we can. Um, but... We have some things to get done before that. So, um, Miles and Steve, you guys didn't get to chime in with your top tens and awards and stuff for the year. So let's let's kick off with that. Um, same order we do our, our normal stuff. If you want to quickly um, read off those and or any commentary you want, and I'll just remind people of mine. Also, you can then, you know, reintroduce yourself as you start off. Do you want to go back and forth, starting with our 10 and work our way up? Yeah, yeah. Do everyone do tens, and then we'll go from that. All right. All right. Uh, well, hi. I'm here. I'm Miles. Um, Steve, do you have any honorable mentions or sort of nearly rands? Because I was going to throw in a few of those real quick. Um, Just like ones that n- narrowly miss. Yeah. Start with yours, and I'll I I can pull up a couple. Um, so yeah, just some honorable mentions real quick, stuff that, uh, was close, but didn't quite make it. Um, Thanksgiving, probably my favorite horror movie of the year. Uh, Rye Lane, lovely romantic comedy, really big fan of it from earlier. Um, Air, just tightly oiled machine, very well done, very well put together. Joyride, one of my favorite comedies of the year and made it so close, but, uh, edged out at the last minute was, uh, Maestro. Hmm. Uh, Steve, I will echo uh, Maestro and Air. Uh, Perfect Days is another one I really enjoyed. Oh, man, I really need to see that one. Bottoms, uh, which I liked a lot more than I expected. Mm -hmm. Uh, And A Thousand and One. Nice, nice. Um, The ones that just missed the cut for me, uh, Hitman Special Citation, it would have made the cut, but it's not a release this year or last year. Um, things that just missed. Also, Maestro. Three for three on Maestro being right there. Um, Saltburn, uh, Errors Tour, Taylor Swift Doc, um, Origin, Memory, still a Michael J. Fox movie, stuff like that. Shortcomings, Spider Verse, you know. A um, couple other things that aren't coming out this year. One thing that we'll talk about in a little bit, so I'll hold off on that. All right. So. Um, I'll quickly just say my 10 because we don't need to talk about it because mm-hmm. um, I've talked about it also. It's on the list. Uh, my number 10 is The Killer. So, Miles, your number 10. Uh, my number 10, and I kind of had to do some finagling to keep it in, but I couldn't not, is Dungeons and Dragons Honor Among Thieves. Um, I've rewatched this more than any other film that came out in 2023, and I cannot stop. I've shown it to so many people. Every time I go back to it, it's just a joy. I'm so tired of the current era of sequels and remakes and whatnot, but this was a sort of a new thing that came along where it's like, yeah, I do like five more of these easily. Who's your? You want the Jarnathan spinoff? Totally. Who's your favorite character? Jonathan. <laughs> I mean, Jonathan's up there. I mean, Chris Pine is like at his most Chris Piney-est, so I'm really enjoying that. Honestly, it might be Holga. I think 
maybe my favorite Michelle Rodriguez performance. Nice. It's it's Jonathan or it's Bradley Cooper's cameo. I mean, best cameo of the year. I'll definitely say that. Also, I love that. Just like play this more earnest than you're playing Bernstein. <laughs> kind of. Yeah. 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 <laughs> His sincerity is what makes it funny. I, I love that you love that film this... because it's such a yeah. it's one of those that Uh-oh. doesn't get talked enough of this year. Oh, OK. And it's just no. Um, and it's uh, like you said, it was a pleasure. I saw it in the theaters. I didn't get to go <clears> revisit <throat> it. But man, yeah. I did have fun with it. I, I liked it more than I was expecting because it's so not my jam. Yeah, I was surprised that you liked it. So, well, I mean, the humor is is up my alley, and it, it has just enough fun with the premise that uh, I because if it was if it was too straightforward, it wouldn't work for me, and if it was too silly about it, I almost feel like I'd be like, well, I don't I don't have the investment. Uh, bad example because it's not really a successful movie. But you remember Your Highness? Yes. Yeah. The, very so unsuccessful like, movie, yeah. Yeah, that movie had a bunch of things that I, I don't think worked. There was a, occasionally something I would chuckle at, and I think it's well, it's a good cast. It's just they don't have a real like unifying idea. But that's a good example of like I don't care about the setup, so you you have me at a disadvantage, and you have to win me over. And and they didn't. Whereas here, I think pretty much as soon as he he the Jonathan thing happens. I, I was in. I was like, okay, I'm, I'm ready. Well, it's the for me, it's the one-two punch of the Jonathan reveal after it's been sort of hinted at for the entire extended opening and then going straight into the escape attempt and the punchline of the guy being like, but wait, we approved your pardon. Yes. Like, that's <laughs> that, when like they had me hook, line, and sinker. Just like, okay, this, this is like, they're taking the fantasy elements seriously, but they're still having fun with it as a movie. And it's kind of the it's perfect pure, yeah. blend. It's it's just using the fantasy element as a, you know, as a decoration in a way, but it's doing it in a way that if you like fantasy, you're not going to be like, fuck this movie, um, which I think is is hard to pull off, actually. So I'm glad that that's on your 10. Steve? My 10 is still a Michael J. Fox movie, as you mentioned. Yes. Uh, it's a it's a Excellent. it's an amazing hero story about a man who doesn't see himself doesn't see himself as a hero and uh some mo it's just some things that i really connect with with his his fight and his is uh the challenges set before him but i as a fan of his work um i don't think it dips it, i mean i it, i do like that it does uh revisit all of this work and it does well it uses uses the clips yeah. to also tell his story he's when he's talking about something they'll reference it by showing a clip and mm-hmm. it's it's i think it's it's a surprisingly nimble approach to yeah that. and it's it and it's a great way to celebrate his work without it being him talking about his work so much um oh yeah because there's plenty of things yeah. that like aren't listen i love him i don't know are you as big a fan as i am me for michael, michael oh Jeff. yeah i absolutely love him He's okay fantastic so like for me I love that you see clips from things like um, The Secret of My Success and and For Love or Money, like movies that I like Doc Hollywood. They're not the ones that get cited in the same way. Right. So it would be maybe to the movie's detriment if it did pause to be like. And then I went and made, uh, you know, For uh, for Love or Money, which was kind of the same as The Secret of My Success, but it was in a hotel like but just using those scenes and you identifying them almost kind of like rewards your fandom in a way. And I thought mm-hmm. that was a very clever approach. Yeah, I'm, I'm a huge fan. I think I've, I've shared this story before, but I'll do a quick version. I Working in Manhattan, I saw a, a bunch of trucks and lights and I'm like, holy shit, 
the shooting, I think that's, was it Spin City? Um, I'm like, holy shit, it's Michael J. Fox. I have to go up and take a look. I'm like, you know what, F it. I just walked, not on the set, but like on the set, not but not in the you know camera site. Um, and I'm like, I got to go up. I went up. I said, hey, Mr. Uh, Mr. Fox, blah, blah, blah. Shook his hand. Talked to him for a bit. And I uh, got out of there before I was thrown to the ground. But he was really nice about it. And I was like, I, I can't take it. I can't skip this moment. You know, and I, and I hate to be the big fan, you know, I, or like the movie Big Fan. Uh, I hate to be. Yeah, that. don't be a big fan. <laughs> but I'm like, you know don't what? The, uh, the fight, He, you know, he's out there. He doesn't hide. When I saw him at New York Comic Con, you know, he, it, his physical, you know, the toll <laughs> that his illness has taken yeah. on him is all there. I I couldn't I couldn't do it. I would be, you know, I would be hiding at home, and he's out there, and he's doing well, it for not only for him, but for millions and you know, mil- millions of people going forward who these illnesses uh, affect. And and not only to you know, I was like, I'm gonna go find a cure, but just like as that's why I say as a he's a hero because <coughs> he's out there saying, hey, you know, you got shit going on, I have shit going on, keep fighting. So yeah, it's fantastic. Um, and I'm sure you definitely relate to the sleeping an hour a day, shooting Back to the Future. Yeah, <laughs> if you yeah. hear my voice, that's, that's maybe I, that's, yeah. that's why I sound like this. Yeah, guys, Minus just to let you in a little behind the curtain, part of our our routine is me waking Steve up to do these. Yeah. yeah. So not, you know, he's bright eyed and bushy tailed. Not always. Not always. Not always. No, sometimes you're not on. Yeah. Uh, Sorry. Couldn't resist that one. Um, All right. Yeah. So uh, number 10, love it too. Um, Let's go. um, If we've discussed these already, let's move quickly through them just Mm because you guys are going to get tired (laughs) later on. Uh, My number nine is a good person. Uh, My holdout from the earlier part of the year, Zach Braff, Uh, mostly unseen. Like, you know, not even that people didn't like it. I think people just didn't watch it. Um, Florence Pugh is excellent. Love to see Morgan Freeman get a central role. Um, very different type of movie from him. It's not quirky or anything like that. It's a little bit of a bummer. Um, so Miles probably not your thing. But I I enjoyed it. I think it's uh, always interesting to see a filmmaker work a little differently. And I, I love when something kind of holds on the whole year for me. So that was, I want to say, a March release. So um, good on good on a good person. Uh, Miles, you're number nine. Well, speaking of things that uh, have a hold, uh, my number nine is The Holdovers. Nice. Um, definitely, not that I wasn't expecting to like it, but I definitely wasn't expecting to love it to the degree that I did. Uh, just a warm blanket of a movie, three terrific performances with Paul Giamatti, possibly some of his best work. I'll be so stoked if he wins this year. Um, more on that later. More on that later. And it's just, you know, it's a feel-good thing, but it doesn't shy away from the darker elements that all the characters are going through. It nails the period vibe. It's just got so much going for it. And and it's funny as hell. Yeah, it's dopey at times even. Like, I... It takes a very confident filmmaker. We'll talk more about the holdovers later, so we'll 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 skip over. Also, Steve may or may not have it on his list. I don't remember, but um, or it's a close to it. But um, no, wait, Steve loves it. Never mind. So we'll come back to it in a minute. But spoiler, it is. I was there's a lot going on in my head right now. It's a weird week, but um, it takes a very um confident filmmaker, and that doesn't mean like you know boisterous, gregarious, but just like believing that the joke will work, even if it's tonally maybe different than the movie. 
that this is a melancholy film, right? Yes. It, it, you kind of leave with a warmish feeling. It's a holiday movie, but it is a, but, a melancholy film. But you've been through film. some harder times to get to it, and mm-hmm. I exactly. think that helps them feel earned. But this is also a movie where the main character smells like fish. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's such a low-row joke that they even call back a couple times. Like, not enough to make it, like, annoying, but they establish, and you're like, that's kind of fucking weird. And then there's enough times where someone, like, makes a remark in a car where you're like, oh, yeah, I forgot that he smells. <laughs> like, like you're supposed to remember him. No matter what, he also smells. Um, it's such a thing that I don't think a lot of filmmakers would be able to pull off. So, yeah, we'll hear more about this in a little bit. But, Steve? It becomes smell-o-vision without the scratch and sniff. Um, yeah, yeah. The, the, like you start to, like... The, the swag. They send a mackerel now when you uh, when you get your screen. <laughs> um, uh, number nine, American Fiction. Mm. Uh, I I didn't get a chance to see it. Oh, you didn't? I, I'm, it's I'm still trying to. I think it's coming. I think maybe this week might be your week. It, it's out. I just haven't had a chance to go. Yeah. I I thought so the performances were great. Uh, Jeffrey Wright at his best. He, he's what amazes me with him is that I see him in things and I don't even remember. Like I don't I don't ever like oh wait he's the guy from this because every time he's in something I always like he it just becomes his. And I think that's totally here. But I just thought it was a, just a clever approach to uh, to a lot of subjects that are actively, you know, are active in this world. You know, uh, when it comes to to race and 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 not in any way that uh, I expected, and that kept me engaged because it was so. Um, you know, they, they, they mix in the comedy and they mix in the drama and it's like, okay, I'm wrapped up in these characters while these these different conversations pop up and are uh, it's just intelligent and it's uh, it's also a lot of fun to watch. So Yeah. Works out well for this because that is my number eight. Oh good. Well there you go. Miles. Yep, I'll get I'll get to see it eventually. <laughs> Uh, My number eight is uh, from earlier in the year and um, one that I don't see a lot of people talking about anymore, but it's how to blow up a pipeline. Mm -hmm. Yes, we like we both liked it. You more than I. And this one was just, you know, a tightly going back to air, a tightly (laughs) oiled machine. It's uh, uh, yeah, I just realized what I did there. Um, (laughs) I didn't do it on purpose, I swear. Um, but no, it's very, it's like a crackerjack thriller. It's so well paced. It's got a structure that in any lesser film, I think would sort of take away from it. But here it just serves to enhance your understanding of the characters and where they're coming from and how they got here. And it, it sort of, it's sort of, it has layers to it and it sort of unveils each layer as it goes along. And uh, I don't know, there's just something about like the message of it and the sort of the, the red hot sentiment behind it that really resonated with me. I have to right. add to that yeah. the the editing is yes incredible, fantastic, and the uh, and that's also that's one of my honorable mentions. I, I was trying to go off the top of my head, but yes, that's definitely one that was. I had a lot of fighting for that ten spot, nine and ten spot, and that was one of them. So thank you for bringing it up. <clears throat> Excuse me, and for you, uh, Spider Man across this. Into the Spider-Verse? No, Across the Spider-Verse. Across, across the Spider-Verse. Yeah, I had it right, and I messed it up. But yes, um, I mean... Didn't miss by much for me. There's so much about it. It's it's packed. It's jam-packed to the point that I probably have to watch it two or three more times with creativity, just like the original. 
but which it's not a distraction. Uh, it's just a lot. The I was I was back and forth, and this is why it almost didn't make the list, just because it's a half movie. You know, it's it's it is what it yeah. is. It's a doesn't it stops at a cliffhanger. I remember being in the theater and people going, "What?" Uh, and I'm like, I knew it wasn't going to be the conclusion, but I. Well, we also knew that going in, but yeah. also you're you've seen a movie before and you know how long you've been watching yeah. it. <laughs> well, that's true too. So. Um, but knowing how good these first two, you know, chapters are, I'm assuming the third's going to nail it. So I'm putting it in here because I, especially the original into the spider verse is one of my all time favorites. So, um, well done. Keep it up. Nice. Um, and then, uh, for me next up would be Flora and son, which is just a goddamn charmer. And I've, I've raved about it enough that we can, uh, we can move, uh, forward and miles. Uh, yes. So, uh, at number seven, I have poor things, Hmm. uh, probably the most recent addition to the list. Um, boy, that movie gives you so much to chew on. There's just so much on its mind. So many things it's addressing and exploring and it's a messy film and it's sort of a scrappy film, but I think I like that about it. I like that it's sure. sort of meandering in parts and kind of, it, it feels very much like a film constructed to replicate the rhythms of its protagonist. And that's a very delicate balancing act. But when you have a protagonist as consistently compelling as Bella Baxter, you kind of have to. Um, Emma Stone, I think it's her career best work. Mark Ruffalo, phenomenal Mm -hmm. new side of him that I'd love to see more of. Willem Dafoe, always nailing it. Rami Youssef, it's just a stacked bench of supporting actors. Uh, Yorgos, I think it's his most formally daring film to date. He's really trying some stuff with the cinematography and just yes. the rhythms of the whole thing and the look of it. It's it's like back when Tim Burton cared uh, in terms of very much so. the art direction. Uh, Same with the 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 the, the what Willem Dafoe rise around in is as if mm-hmm. if Tim Burton still gave a shit. Yes, it's, there's a lot of that kind of thing, but it's still it doesn't feel derivative at all. It very much feels like its own thing and it feels wholly unique in a way that so few films these days do. Okay, just in case it comes up on my list, I'll, I will say a few things now um, so we can group it. Um, yes, also, my, it, it's my number six, so we can get it right okay, out of the way now. <laughs> perfect. So I, I thought it was wonderfully crude. I thought that it, yes. and, and not in a way that like, okay, this is trying too hard to be to be so. It, 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 I really feared a one-joke premise that was like, okay, I got it. But it ends up being all these... It starts off one place, and then it's like a yarn, and then the yarn starts to uh, uh, shred. You know, I don't know what the word is. What's the word with the yarn? The Untangle. Untangle, kind of. Yeah, and like all the parts are hanging out, and you're like, "Ask your cats." Can you? Yeah, come here. Oh, no, sleeping. Damn it. Um, but then by the end, uh, it comes together in a way that, I'm like, oh wait, there's so much more to this. This is not, and then you, it's, it starts to come together. You see it happening. But it, when it does, you're like, well, shit, how did you tell this crazy tale with these characters and, and go all, in all these directions and and creatively, visually, and and, and in so many different ways? And, and to bring this cast in and say, you're going to do this and like not that, have them not walk out and go, uh, F you, I'm, I am. I'm going to go make a, you know, a superhero film. And, uh, and just to watch it all come together. I'm like, shit, 
I, I, when it ended, I was like, damn, how, how, where does that start? And where does it end, uh, as a, as a writer and as a director in, uh, Bravo, it's, uh, it was, I, I don't know if it's on my list, but, uh, if it is. All right. Well, what, what was next on your list? Then? <laughs> um, robot dreams. This is one of my, nice. uh, one of my latest entries. You talked a little bit about this last time, I think, or two weeks ago. I didn't ago, watch so it. Give us a little time. bit more. Uh, I oh, I heard it. You told us about yeah. it, maybe. Yeah, I wanted to watch it, and I'm like, okay, let me squeeze it in. And I'm glad I did. It's, a, it's I feel it's like a companion piece to another film that's on my list, which I'll bring up later. Um, but I I wasn't expecting um, it to be. It's a it's a it's a melancholy tale of friendship, and it it resonates. It's charming. It's got some humor and there's plenty of humor. Um, but it's just like, oh, wait, this is what it's like. Did you see it? Did you both see it? No, I haven't seen it oh. yet. Miles? Not yet, but I really want okay. to. Okay, so I won't get into it too much. But it's it's just kind of tackles friendship in a way that like, wow, it's, I know this. <laughs> I'm not a robot or a dog. Um, but yeah, it, it makes sense, you know. And as you get a little older and uh, and and your life changes, um, it, it really starts to, to kick in. And I think it also, you know, uh, you know, I, I've had some losses in the last few years. So, you know, a lot of these things that may not have, uh, that's, you know, like really dug in and, and stuck with me and hit me in a way, do a lot more. So, but I watched it with my daughters and I watched it with my wife and, they uh, they enjoyed it quite a bit, and I was like, "Am I the only one who's going to like this?" And my wife was tearing up, and my daughters were, you know, just just totally invested and thought. And I I think it's great too that this even showed up, that this is even out there because you, our animations tend to be a lot of you know minions with different characters, minions with turkeys, and minions with so and so, which are fine, but this is just an animated tale that I wouldn't expect to see anywhere besides maybe a film class. So uh, really great. Cool. Um, here, let me, let me just run through the rest of my list and then uh, you guys can go through the rest of yours so we can continue on. Mm-hmm. But um, so we're now down to my top five. So my five is Killers of the Flower Moon. My four is Air. My three is The Iron Claw. My two is Oppenheimer. My one is Barbie. So, did you go skip for your it. six? Because I'm only no on six, six was poor things. Okay. Poor things. Yeah. Oh, so that's me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're right now. <laughs> you were so eager, and then you had nothing to share. No, no. Well, no. I I'm only at six, so I thought I forgot that. Poor well, I figured I would six. blow through your mind just to so we can speed it up, and you guys. Yeah, can yeah. He stopped at seven. However, you see fit. Gotcha. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so, uh, so six, uh, which I guess we're lumping things together. I should have done earlier. Uh, I have across the spider verse, mm-hmm. um, echo everything Steve said. It's, it's an absolute work of art, just so many different kinds of animation that should not be able to coexist together. And yet they find a way to do it seamlessly. Um, you know, pour one out to all the horribly crunched animators who worked for years on it and now have to repeat the miracle for a third time. But, I believe it's possible. I I love them both. I think I might like the first one just a smidge more, but like 
to come that close to what's one of the great animated masterpieces of the past few years, that's not for nothing. And yeah, it it really left me excited for where the story goes. It keeps you invested in the characters. It introduces tons of new characters that are great to follow. Um, Yeah, this one was a slam dunk for me. One thing I want to add to it really quick is the uh, everything that Miles said as well, but the, the family element. And how much, yes. you know, there's all this creativity is going around, yet you still are like this father-son relationship, father-mother-son father, relationship, and mother-daughters, and all these different, you know, that element of it really works. And you're like, I don't know how you do it while you're, you know, got a thousand other things going on, but they, uh, they make it land, so... Well, what I love about that is that in any other sequel, that would be the thing that would kind of get left by the wayside. So the fact that they make it just as integral here, Mm -hmm. it it sort of really grounds you in in Miles's uh, sort of story and in his life situation. You find out more about Gwen and all these other characters. And it's just like everyone feels so rich and developed. Yeah. And I'm excited. So excited to see where where how they bring this all together. I'm like. You know, it's a, it's a, you're, you're going, it's like a roller coaster that's been building up and you're going up like, how much higher can we freaking go? And like, what's going to happen as this, uh, as we cross over that, uh, that threshold, um, ready for six for me. Yeah, do it. All right. Guardians of the galaxy volume three. Um, oh, that was, that was just outside my honorable mentions. Uh, it, I mean, it's just so damn good, uh, for a third act of a trilogy to, not just be a forgotten, um, like, you know, the, the remaining ripples of a wave. No, this is still a wave. This is part of the story. And it, and, and I, th- I appreciate that gun went all in. Uh, it's dark. It's hilarious. Um, it, it gives you closure as a, as a, you know, for the group and for the individual characters, but it also, dive so deep into the rocket story which i know a lot of people had an issue with but for me i mean it was i i mean i i think without that i i wouldn't care i'm like i don't want it to be lighter i i'm like i'm glad to see i mean how glad it was it was horrific it was terrifying it was uh some of the saddest things i've seen in in uh uh on screen this year well you know watching rockets origin but uh I'm glad it happened because I think it's going to make me appreciate watching the others more and 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 make Rocket more than just the you know your animated sidekick. Uh, and also, it is maybe the best soundtrack of the year. It's, it's oh definitely up there. Yeah. It was in my top ten when I did the soundtracks okay. and scores of the year. It's fantastic. Yeah, no, very big fan of that one. I love the way it brought all the characters and sort of, it like, it doesn't feel like it missed a step between films or anything mm-hmm. like that. It, it, it feels like a the emotional conclusion that you would want for all of them mm-hmm. while still leaving the door open. But if this was the last we see, it feels satisfying. Yeah, yeah, that's definitely true. Mm-hmm. Into your top fives. All right, top fives. So uh, at number five, I have Barbie. Um Gorgeous, gorgeous, hilarious movie. Just, I love the production design. It's just, it's got such a unique look about it and they go all in on the concept. Every actor in it is, you know, absolutely going for broke with obviously Robbie and Gosling at the top of the front or at the front of the pack, I mean. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's it's got a lot to say. It's, you know, I know there's been criticism about it being maybe too simplistic of a take, but I think 
for as broad an audience as this can speak to, I think you kind of need that. And I think there's definitely a place for it. And I think it's got a lot of sophistication sort of under the surface um, that sort of leaves you thinking about it well after it's done. Totally. Yeah. I appreciate that film for others. Uh, not as much for myself. You're a monster. Yeah. You know what thing is though? It, my whole family saw it and we all walked out and like, eh, it was all right. <laughs> so, and that's me with uh, th- three women, two young women and one, and one old. Yeah. I, I, but you know, the, I'll, I'll get into it real quick because it's the end of award season and the nominations are in, but I feel I'm a, I'm a good dad, a good father of, uh, of young women. And I raise them to be strong and I raise them, I don't label them. I go, go out. What do you want to do? You want to, whatever it is, whatever you want to do, I will support you and do it. You can do it. So for me, it was like, eh, it was feminism or light because it was like, eh, it's very, like you said, simplistic. Um, my daughters here get much better messaging from home and from both my wife and myself. And the, uh, they carry their own flags and they, you know, I, I'm often a bystander. I, I set them off early and they've been just tackling, uh, you know, conquering mountains. And so the film is like, if that's what it, I'm supposed to take away on the creative side, there's a lot of great stuff. I, the humor is okay for me. Didn't really land. So um, not a bad movie. I don't dislike it. It's just the, the praise is, it's, you know, someone else's uh, cup of tea. It wasn't mine. Mine specifically. <laughs> yeah, I, I know. <laughs> but at the, like right I, along. You know, I, I, I haven't gone out once and and attacked it online because I'm like, this means something to people. People are getting. Nor will you. So that's that's <laughs> enjoy. Congratulations. Whatever it is you like, what, what you take from it, that's yours to uh, to appreciate. Not mine to step in the way. So. Well, that's the exact right attitude to have because my parents hate it and they won't ever shut up about how much they hate it. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 funny though, you know that. I, I mean, why? And I think Joey just posted something about this. Was it yesterday? Why, when you hate something, exactly. do you have to go out there and be the the loudest person out there? Shut the hell Apparently up. Apparently, directed at Miles' parents. Oh, was it? No, was it? Apparently. <laughs> oh, okay. No. I thought. <laughs> but now that I know, yeah, <laughs> I thought something came up. I was like, oh shit. Uh, yeah. So. But we can move on. And uh, yeah, what's uh, we up to your fifth, right? Yes, uh, four. Or no, no your fifth. My Sorry, fifth. go ahead. Your fifth. All of us strangers. Um, yeah, I did not expect uh, to like it so much. Uh, last year, after Sun came out, and everyone was really connecting with that emotionally, and was like saying how blown away they were, and I was like, yeah, I get it. You know, again, you know, it, it didn't work for me as much. Uh, I appreciate it, but this one, this one did, and the the way the approach to the afterlife, um, you know, if you're a religious person or not, you know, it's like yeah, over the last few years, I've my um, beliefs or not my beliefs, but my spirituality has changed, and this one is like, man, I wish this is what someone was teaching because this is what I want. And and this this ability to reconcile and to move forward and to in the complexities of just a family and to say wait uh, it's over now and I I still have the ability to kind of dive back in and uh, and have this after, uh, 
you know, afterlife therapy session almost, and this family therapy and self therapy and self healing. And there's just so much about it. It's like, it's kind of beautiful. And it's not my story, you know, like, um, you know, the characters are not telling a story that's really connected to me directly, but it just, it felt like it was in a way, which is, uh, was surprising and made, made it work more than I expected. Sounds good. Yeah. Still need to see that one, but oh. I've heard nothing but good things. Yeah. It's one I'd like to see pop up in, in people's nominations. Uh, so at number four, I have Godzilla minus one. Uh, probably. I didn't know you liked that one. Oh, didn't you? No. Um, probably my favorite Godzilla movie. Just full stop. Uh, it's everything I kind of would want out of a giant monster movie. It finally fixes the thing that's kind of almost always holding these things back, which is it actually has human characters that you can give a shit about and like have arcs and have like interpersonal dynamics that are interesting and compelling to watch. And then on top of that, it fucking delivers with the Godzilla stuff. He's among the scariest he's ever been. Just the weight that's given to all the different stuff he can do. I don't know. Just this one, just absolutely. I was enthralled from beginning to end. Awesome. It's on my list of I wish I had seen it, but unfortunately it it evaded me. Mm-hmm. Um, number four, Oppenheimer. Uh, Never heard of it. Yeah. I mean, I think it, a lot, so much has been said, uh, but you know, what Nolan orchestrates is, is quite impressive to make people, uh, you know, the average audience, you know, not just, People who are saying, "Well, I have to see this. It's probably going to be in the awards." No, but have it. People on a Saturday afternoon, it's like I'm going to go see a film about, you know, it's this subject matter. This, uh, you know, a scientist and and so on and so forth, um, is impressive enough. But it, just what he does and, and his orchestration of, of again the editing, the performances, the score, um, you know, and. and and to have you on the edge of the seat and, and have you, know, you're holding your breath and, um, and then also to dig into these character or into this character in a way, uh, it's just impressive. It's like, again, this goes back to, uh, which one was it that I said? Um, <laughs> I can't remember which film I was talking about. Maybe it wasn't mine, but, oh, uh, uh poor things where you go, man, how did you, how do you bring it all together? Especially, like, remember when they're saying, and in the cast is so-and-so and so-and-so. I'm like, those don't usually work out well, those films, when they have 70,000 people uh, uh, in the cast. It, wait a second. Miles, are you in this film? I am in this yes. film. Yes. <laughs> see what I mean? Everyone, even including up to Miles. Miles and beyond. Uh, and and it's just, uh, it's an impressive piece of work. So I think it might come up some more. All right. It well, will. I believe it will. Uh, so at number three, I have Anatomy of a Fall. Um, just a really captivating sort of legal slash crime procedural, really getting into sort of the nitty gritty of this somewhat unknowable situation and how it sort of tears apart this family and this couple and how, you know, it unmasks sort of all their hidden drama that, you know, in any other circumstance, they would never share with anybody. Um, and and it just being, you know, dirty laundry hung out to dry in the most public and sort of, you know, p- 
potentially awful way and just the ways in which, you know, the French court system works and pulls apart at all these threads and all the different things in their lives that just um, that coalesce around this one horrible incident. Um, I thought Mm -hmm. it was riveting. I agree. That's awesome. (laughs) Well said. Do you have a, uh, uh, when you look at the ending, do you think it's, there's a lot of room for interpretation or are you, I've heard people say, no, it's cut and dry. And others say, no, it's kind of, you make kind of choose your own adventure. Um, I have my take on it, but I like that it doesn't, to the film's credit, it never explicitly says one way or another. Mm -hmm. You can interpret it, I think, sort of in a, in a handful of ways, but, um, it doesn't, it doesn't spell anything out for you. It's almost more about how the, um, the trial goes than what the actual answer was. Mm -hmm. And I think that's kind of the right approach to take. Mm -hmm. Um, So so yes and no. Yeah. yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I think, I think the outcome is the outcome, but I think there's other things you can get into. For sure. And I don't want to get into spoilers for people who haven't seen it. But yeah, I think it's they give you enough that it's easy to come up with whatever your definitive answer is and that that can be enough because in many ways it has to be. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, that's me. All right. Poor things, uh, which we've discussed. But yeah, number three, surprised uh, going in. You know, I like Yargos. Um and again, I kind of was a little nervous about this one and it, it worked out. It worked out exceptionally well, taking my three spot. Very nice. Top twos. Top twos. So at number two for me is past lives. Um, boy, what a talk about a movie that just kind of sneaks up on you and then like delivers just this cascade of quiet emotion towards the end. Um, yeah, this was emotionally speaking, this one got me probably more than any other film this year. Um, and just the ways in which it crafts its story and the lines between its characters and just, it's, it's, it's about so much more than the love triangle than it would seem to be on the surface. It's all about sort of these missed opportunities and the different people we might've been if we'd taken different roads and the ways that that affects our modern day or doesn't affect it. And the ways we find to sort of compromise or live with that. And it just gave me so much to sit with. I, I thought it was wonderful. Uh, well, it's my number two as well. So uh, ah, you nailed a lot there. Uh, I thought what I what I really liked about it, one of the aspects of it, is how complex it is. When you you know, if you, it, it's a subject matter or a conversation that could go on forever, um, yeah. But it's told in such like a simple fashion, and but it you know that while not feeling simple at the same time, you know what I mean? It, it's like. It's like I, I can't think of what in baking or cooking, but we go, oh, that was easy. And then if you saw the the thousand steps in the kitchen, yes, you know that's and I thought that's what it was. It, it didn't. It never felt so heavy, and you could just like kind of consume it and interpret it and and work through it. And and the the performances were great, yes. uh, kind of low key, and like you said, you you go in, it, you know, it kind of sets you up. 
saying, well, what's this relationship? And you're thinking this is going to be that love triangle, and it's not. It's much more. And this is the sister film to Robot Dreams, in my opinion. Um, mm. So That makes me want to see that even more. Yeah. I, I, that, at least that's, that was my take on it. And I think, I think people will see that. Uh, and Greta Lee is fantastic. Yes, very much so. Yeah. So, oh, uh, oh no, it's you. It's the big reveals. Mm-hmm. Oh yes. Well, they're not surprising, but still. <laughs> yeah. So uh, it, it has been discussed already, but my number one film of the year was Oppenheimer, and not just because I'm in it. Um, but as somebody who has gone through the highs and lows of being a Christopher Nolan fan, um, you know, Memento is still in my top five movies of all time. Um, and then, you know, some of the more recent stuff, less so. Um, this to me felt like the pinnacle in every way of sort of what he's been doing over the past few years and all the lessons he's learned, good and bad, from everything that he's worked on. And it, it just feels like a real culmination um, in the best way possible. It feels like, you know, when you hear movies like, oh, Chris Nolan's doing a movie about Oppenheimer starring Killian Murphy and all these other people. And you're like, it's like, to me at least it's the best version of what that could be it like it just you know it's got a a huge huge cast but everyone feels like they even if they're only in there for like a scene or two they all feel like they have something to do and they have you know a fun moment to play and there's just so much fun interpersonality and I've, i've talked about this before but the idea that it's so full of character actors when there's so many characters to keep track of. It's the JFK approach where it's kind mm-hmm. of brilliant because like it may not be easy to, you know, remember, oh, who's this? Or, oh, this guy works at the Justice Department. Oh, he was a scientist on the thing. But it's like, oh, well, I know Jack Quaid. I know David Dasmalchian. Yep. I know Alden Ehrenreich. And you can sort of keep tabs on everyone that way. And just, you know, gorgeous cinematography, you know, both the Trinity test and then the gymnasium speech that follows are just like you know, harden your chest moments of intensity. Um, just all the tools that a filmmaker can use feel like they're used to their utmost here. It's, I think it's a masterpiece. I agree. Um, and now do it. And now my surprise, no one's expecting this. My number one, the holdovers. Um, Very good. The, the words that I continue to use and I will forever use effortless, I can't use them because I can't speak effortlessly <laughs> enjoyable. Um, I, I it, it didn't take long. I mean, I don't think it took much longer than uh, the credits popping up, actually the title card and showing the setting. And I was like, all right, I'm in. And uh, as soon as you meet the Amadi and, and company, uh, you're, you know, you're pulled in more and then you're like, okay, I'm done. I'm, I'm actually here. I'm in this world. And I just sat there and ate it up for the next you know, two, two plus hours. Um, I think the writing is, uh, is some of the best of the year. Giamatti is who's always been a favorite since um, uh, sideways has Mm-hmm. It's his. I think he's finally giving me that other film that challenges. You know, if you say what's your favorite per- performance, it's it's this or Sideways. Um, it's not Cold Souls. I don't think so. Uh, no, no. Um, but yeah, it, it, it's just a great blend of of genres too. It's like it 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 carries it. The drama part of it works well. The comedy works well without it feeling 
like a straight up comedy. You've got this coming of uh, coming of age. Um, there's some romance in there, and you're like you you get all these like a taste of like oh in the other room is a romance going on, but it's not really a romance and it's a love story you know I, I spoke with the writer and he says it's a love story and i'm like yeah i see it i didn't think of it that way exiting the theater but yeah it is you know and it's not your romantic love um but it's it's uh it's nor- a tale of bonding certainly yes yes and what you said uh the warm blanket that's what it is that's what mm-hmm. it feels like it feels like a hug or something it, it feels it really yes. has captures some kind of Almost a physical feel. We, yeah, uh, it, it, I, it's embracing me, which is a weird thing sure. to say, but it does. So, <clears throat> all right, cool. Um, as we wrap this part up, what's your favorite performance by an actor this year, Miles? Uh, it's probably a tie between our best actor front runners, Killian Murphy and Paul Giamatti. Next one, Steve. I'm going to go Giamatti. I go Ryan Gosling. What about by an actress? Uh, honestly, probably a tie between our best actress front runners, uh, Lily Gladstone and Emma Stone. All right, Steve. Uh, I'm going Emma Stone and uh, Greta Lee. Emma Stone. Greta, for me. Greta Lee is very close. All right, and we're all going to say uh, Nolan for director on the count of three. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right. So there we go. All right. So before we get into the awards of it all, oh, and uh, honorable mention, uh, Anatomy of a Fall is my screenplay pick. Sure. Um, poor things and um, Barbie are my two. Because oh, and, and, and I'm sorry. Uh, honorable mention for film uh, Killers of the Flower Moon, which did not make it in, but was definitely considered fair, fair, fair enough. All right, Miles, Joey January. Oh yes. So right, let's uh, do that. Quite a few since uh, we last checked in. Yes, uh, we did a short week last time. Yes. So let me uh, let me see. Where do we leave off? We did Turner and Hooch. Okay. So we're up to uh, the hero, um, which I didn't realize until I think you mentioned it last week was from the same director as Hearts Beat Loud. Yes, you went in the opposite direction. Well, I did it for Scorsese too. So yeah, who cares? It's okay. Um, I liked it. I didn't love it because it's a very specific kind of sad drama about a sad old man being sad. And I, I have a ceiling on how much I can enjoy that kind of movie. Sure. Um, but if you're going to watch it, you want it to be Sam Elliott as the sad old man being sad. Well, that's just it. The main reason it works is because he is genuinely terrific in it. And like, mm-hmm. absolutely, like, it's worth watching for his performance alone kind of thing. And not that, you know. percent. Nick Offerman and Laura Preppen and everyone else aren't doing good work, but he is he is carrying the movie in every way, shape. And uh, mm-hmm. I, I think it hits those sort of beats that I expected it to hit. But similarly to Hearts Bit Loud, it, it feels like there's a bit more authenticity to them. It, the, the emotions feel real. They feel raw in a way that I liked. And really great use of dream sequences, like the way yes. it tied into his film career and sort of they worked around having to show you um, sort of him as a younger man and just sort of they they let that sort of inform his relationship to his former persona. Um, yeah. And I thought that was really effective. Well, and it's also one of those movies that clearly is in conversation with the actor themselves past. Yes, I would agree. Yeah. Well, you know, he's not a controversial actor in any way, but as a man who, you know, I think to some degree maybe felt like he should have been offered some bigger roles over the years, you know, always like sort of 
on the periphery as a younger man of being like a big movie star and was always kind of the other guy and then settled into, I would say, a very um, satisfying character actor, supporting actor career. You know, the mustache, the voice, it all served him very well. And I mean, they play off of it very well in the movie. I mean, this is now about a 10 year old movie for me. And I still remember, you know, Lone Star Barbecue Sauce. Yeah, that's perfect partner. For your chicken. Like, he has the voice. Like, maybe the voice. Him and Morgan Freeman. Like, put them together and you have the voice. So, having them, you know, I don't know. It's just, it's one of those movies where you're watching an actor get to showcase in a way that maybe he's never been able to do before. And it got him A Star Is Born. So, beyond that, like, amazing. Yeah, absolutely. In many ways, it it feels like it's cut from the same cloth as like Michael Keaton and Birdman in terms of like yeah. a movie that's in a meta way about the star. Yeah. It needs um, to, you, yeah, it, this movie doesn't exist except Brett Haley goes, I made, I'll see you in my dreams, uh, Blythe Danner. And he's the love interest to her. And he's kind of the best part of the movie and him going, I wonder if I could write a whole movie for, for Sam and, and him being like, I'm in. So I love when that happens. You know, you always want, that kind of relationship because it, it usually makes for this like intimate enjoyable movie that maybe will speak to some people more than others but like very hard to hate yeah no it's considering my reservations with this kind of film i found it quite enjoyable yeah it's made it's made for it's made by someone i think aware of there's a version of this movie that would uh try people's patience that would be interminably sad and it, it's yeah, only and- I wouldn't even call it interminable. There's, you know, it hits its beats, but it's not, it's not unpleasant to sit through at any point. I didn't think. No, and it and it ends on the the most hopeful possible note, considering. Yes, I would agree. Yeah. And I and actually speaking of the Lone Star Barbecue, there's a nice sort of book ending with that as well. Yeah. By the way, I have Lone Star Barbecue sauce. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> they gave it. I did the opening weekend Q and A's for this movie. Um, the first night was Sam and Brett and the second two nights were Brett and Laura. And I think at all of them, we gave away, I forget what brand of barbecue sauce, but they, you know, they, they put the label on it and he had actually been very, um, thorough in saying like, use it. It's good barbecue sauce. I, I, I didn't use it. I kept it. It's probably, maybe I did use it. I think I just have the bottle now. Cause it probably would have been very bad by now, but I have the bottle. I'll show you off air. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, so not a bad one at all. Um, So next up, uh, it was kind of a double feature over the two days, but just two movies that are very much in conversation with each other. Uh, Dolomite and Dolomite is My Name, uh, one of which made many decades later about the making of the former. Um, Technically, the second one was the only one you had actually recommended, but since I'd never seen the original, it just made sense to sort of pair them up. Um. The original is very much, you know, of its time, of its era. Um, it's that sort of, you know, black exploitation, you know, clearly made with a lot of passion, if not a lot of skill. Um, yeah. And um, it's, you know, I wouldn't put it up there with some of the best of like that particular era, but I think it's it's a good bit of fun and it's 
it's cheesy in all the right ways. I think the sort of action-packed finale in the club where it's just an insane kung fu fight with all the different characters and guts are being ripped out and all sorts of crazy stuff is happening. That's sort of where it's like, okay, this is what I was sort of going and looking for. And it sort yeah. of maintains that momentum for a couple scenes towards the end. So I think it kind of, it, it's a little slow, especially in the middle where it's like, this plot is both way too simple and completely nonsensical. Um, like, yeah. How can I explain this to someone who hasn't seen it? Okay. You know, the room as well as I do. What's the like least interesting scene in the room to you? They're all bangers, but seriously, if you had like, what's the low light probably in terms like of a, enjoyability? Maybe like one or two of the party planning scenes or something like that. It's as if that was like a section of the movie. Kind of. Yeah, it's it's in the same thing. And it's, I don't know, you can tell it's made with love. I think Rudy yeah. Ray Moore himself has a fascinating charisma about him. It's like, it's not that he's good per se, but he is no. very watchable. Yeah, you just kind of want to, it's like the, yeah, you just kind of want to see what he's up to. You're like, I, I don't think he's good at this, but he, he commands the screen in a way that you're like, is he going to stumble into something good or is he going to get worse? And either way, I'm interested. And it's it's interesting because that it, you kind of need your your lead in a in a, you know, um, however you want to quantify the so bad it's good midnight movie, whatever you, you think it is. They need to be watchable. Right. And it can yes. be this where you're like, I, I it's not good, but I'm fascinated. It can be Tommy Wiseau where you're like, it's awful, but I, I don't want him to do anything different. Like, keep this and just, if anything, go bigger. Or it can be um, Tim Curry in, in Rocky Horror where you're like, on the flip side, you're so much better than the rest of this movie, but you're insane that somehow you still fit into this movie. Yeah, exactly. And you just kind need of, to, you need to be on that level. Yeah. You need to be in conversation with the movie. And, you know, it can be a language we don't understand, like in the room. Or here it can be, you're just, he's kung fu fighting his own movie in a way. Yeah, and you know, for all for all the warts, there's there's definitely something enjoyable about it. Like sure. I probably wouldn't go back to it, but I would definitely no. I would definitely tell people to watch it if they plan on watching Dolomite is my name, which Sure. It, it's probably not fair to say is a vastly superior movie. Um but it's it's really good. It's probably one of my favorite films I've seen about the making of movies, just because it really hones in on that element of like everything in the world working against you and everybody saying no and just finding those ways to push forward or, okay, they don't like this. Well, what if I do it this way? And there's there's a lot of heart to it. It's, it's kind of a little clunky at the beginning. There's some sort of awkward dialogue just sort of catching us up on the characters and where they're at but once it gets into the the rhythm of it especially once it gets into you know the show business aspect of it and creating the character and you know and it, obviously it does that movie thing where it's like oh he created the whole character in an afternoon um, yeah. but um it works and then once it gets into the filmmaking it really takes off and uh eddie murphy maybe some of his best work definitely up there um but the whole cast is on fire. I mean, I didn't realize that Divine Joy Randolph was in this movie. That's the first thing was, I knew her from. And she is such a highlight. She she really goes to town with it. Uh, Wesley Snipes doing some terrific work. Um, you know, 
all the way down to the bit players. You know, you got Cody Smith McPhee as the DP and, uh, you know, Mike Epps and Craig Robinson. And, you know, it's it goes on and on. And even people like, you know, Chris Rock or Bob Odenkirk in very minor roles, you know, popping up and just sort of not being distracting, but kind of highlighting the overall experience. It's it's a blast. It's a lot of fun. It's very funny. In in many ways, it makes Dolomite the movie way more interesting than it would be if you didn't know all this backstory. And I'm sure a lot of it, you know, adjusted for, um, you know, for storytelling purposes. And you've got, you know, we were talking about off air. There's a handful of scenes that they shoot that were actually not even from that movie. They're from a different yeah. Rudy Ray Moore film. But like you get the overall impression of who he is and what he was about and what kind of things he wanted to do. And um, it's it's just a blast. I had so much fun with it. Yeah, no, it's I, I thought you would enjoy it, especially as a room person. And I know Disaster Artist you liked but didn't love mm-hmm. uh, as much as I love that one. But it, it's very much a filmmaker's movie and it's fun. And it, it's it's almost classy in a way. Like, I, I think maybe that's what made me like the Disaster Artist better was just the fact that that's a little wilder. But they're both... I don't know. They have a they have a zest to them that I think is very hard to resist. Um, but also, you know, it, it makes sense not watching it. Why like Eddie Murphy came up just short in the Oscar race that year? Yeah, also, it's think- it's not really an Oscar movie. I'm surprised it didn't do better at like the Golden Globes, for example. But I don't um, think they cared. No, um, but I mean, it got some nods. That was the yeah. same year as um, I want to say Sandler and Uncut Gems. Uh, yes, so they were probably canceling each other out maybe i'm sure they did on somehow and in, in even though they're not even it's not the same genre it's not the same type of performance i would argue sandler's doing better work uh but, it's so different it's apples yeah. and oranges i think sandler's out of his comfort zone more if that makes sense i think eddie murphy is doing the a really good version of something you know he can do like you haven't seen Bullworth, but that's a that's another like Hollywoody movie. He's very good in. He's he's into this role, right? He he's giving it his all in a way that I think what, what it's I would fair say, to say is he doesn't always. He's uh, he's um, I would say it's my favorite of his dramatic work. What what there is to see. I, I I'm okay with that. Um, but that said, there's I know I have a few blind spots there. Yeah, yeah, it's it's I don't know. I think he's. Especially because his voice is so different from Rudy Ray Moore's. It's, it's, at, at first I'm kind of like, well, this kind of just feels like Eddie Murphy. But as he sort of develops the Dolomite persona, it's sort of, it's like, oh, okay, no, I see the vision here. This is, this is working for me. Yeah, for sure. He's, he's trying to inherit the spirit. But yeah, I knew you'd like it. Yeah. So big fan of that one. Uh, next up. So next up uh, was a little movie called Yours, Mine, and Ours, which yes. I'm well aware was your mother's favorite film. Yeah, between that and Turner and Hooch and and uh, Willy Wonka, so you've seen you've seen I've, them I've, all. I've now. seen them all within recent memory. Yes, so. and The Wizard of Oz, but you're aware of them. So there you go. You've gotten yes. the uh, yeah. So I definitely get the taste. I definitely get sort of the overlapping factors there. Um, I thought it was cute. It's definitely got very funny moments. I think Lucille Ball and Henry Fonda are doing a lot of heavy lifting to make yes. it work. They're great. And um, I think Van Johnson's good as the as the befuddled friend, kind of. Yes. Yes, he is. Um, that said, this may be one of the most stressful movies I've ever seen in my life. Uh, oh. like, like more so than most horror films. W- was uh, there a scene in particular? Just everything relating to the logistics of 
all those children and just the horrible, terrible, irresponsible situation that this horrible couple has created. Yes. As as somebody who is, you know, the eldest of four and, you yeah. know, has, has a wife who wants kids eventually, everything about the child raising and sort of the one poor kid who doesn't even get to have breakfast, so he just has to have like a slice of toast with oatmeal on it. Like, the giant boots. Like the giant boots and yeah, all these little things and all the systems that they come up with and oh, well, we can't pair him up because that kid's sick. All right, let's redo the system real quick. Mm-hmm. Like, Tom just, Bosley is the doctor just like, there's a strange man trying to take our temperature. Yeah, well, yeah, just there's so much. And it's like, it's obviously, you know, it's a ridiculous situation and it's played for laughs for the most part. But there's an element where it's just like, no, don't like she's walking down the aisle and she's saying in voiceover too much voiceover, by the way, I didn't need all that. Yeah. Um, but she's there thinking to herself, you know, I was uh, as I walked down the aisle, I thought, did I do we really have the right to do this to the kids? And I'm practically screaming at the TV. No, stop yeah. it. <laughs> it's like I felt for those. Kids you know, this so is, much. I believe, vaguely based on a true story also. Sure. And I'm sure they had a system, too, because I don't know They're how probably you re- function without it. They're probably but religious nuts, if we're being honest. Maybe. But just at a certain point, when you've got eight to ten children, you are the problem and you are like consciously contributing to this situation the um the date scene right so i think the movie picks up from there right when they when they're on yeah the the opening the opening handful of scenes were very rocky especially because it's it's voiceover city and it's so much like oh here's the situation oh i'm going home to fight my kids no my husband just died and it's just like oh my god the first time i saw it for real as opposed to just like scenes when my mom was watching it i i didn't know any of that Right. So and then I think the last time I watched it with my ex when I was like, oh, we should watch this. You'll think it's cute. Yeah, you got to get through those. But once they're on the date, it's funny because even like the the girl, like the the horny date that he has, yeah. I think even at one point suggests like some sort of contraceptive. Well, she, it's, it's like, like, it's this, it's it's like I'm 60s. glad I said so. I'm glad I said so. I'm glad I I'm glad I have eight kids. I'm glad I have 10 kids. I'm glad I'm careful. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. There was something where you're just like, well, someone's acknowledging it in the film. But I well, will say and, that, and also like the Van Johnson character, fuck him because he knows what situation he's creating and he's, he's just having like fun. Se- he's setting them up anyway. And it's like, oh, they belong together. It's like, do they, though? <laughs> his his, his he has something to his theory in that they could only function with each other. But also, yes, logistically, like, what are you doing? Which makes the scene where they just keep getting drinks poured on them kind of funny. Oh, totally. Yeah. No, like, there's there's some screwball energy to those scenes, which is definitely when enjoyable. The, or, like, the she, best... when they go to the gift shop and it's like, oh, this is the goddess of fertility. And it's like, oh. <laughs> yeah. the, the My favorite scene, I think, is still um, when everyone spikes her drink. Oh my god! You never have a scene like that in a family film these days. Of just no. like, oh, it's also, first time meeting the mom. Let's get her shit faced. It's also because you, you watch this, and Lucille Ball is on the older side, right? This is kind of the end of her stardom, which is funny because sure. they play that up in Licorice Pizza. This is the movie he's in. Yeah. So it's kind of funny that she, you know, would become like angrier after this. And I think it was kind of seen as a failure, but um, it went through a lot of directors and writers. I think. But but that was also a thing that happened in the old days. It wasn't necessarily a sign of trouble. You just kind of like piecemeal the comedy. But getting to see Lucy play like fall down drunk is a good callback to like the height of I Love Lucy's aniness while also being a little different because that show would never have done that. 
Yeah, it. it de- I mean, it. Listen, it's funny, but it's also just like Jesus. <laughs> They're going oh, it's all cruel. In. They're going all in with this bit. <laughs> oh yeah, it, the, the his reaction is still good when he realizes what happens. <laughs> He's like, "What? Oh my God! What you did? I forget what he. She's been the victim of. I forget what he says, but like I love him in it or whatever. Yeah, because he's he's such a good straight man. Well, and that's what, yeah, and they're contrasting energy and they, they do have good chemistry. Like they are very much making the concept work in a way that it would not at all in the hands of lesser actors. I gotta tell you, it might be my favorite performance of his. Um, I don't know that I go that far. I mean, 12 Angry Men, Once Upon a Time in the West. He's done a lot of great stuff. It's this or 12 Angry Men, but I, I, I kind of like the way he just like, in the same way the character is like, I'm going to make this work, right? I'm going to figure this out. He does that with the role. Like I'm going to. I mean, it's hold this movie together. Yes. And it, yeah, it's got that sort of, I guess, meta quality about it that I think works very well. So, yeah, it's, it's, you know, it's probably not a movie I would ever go back to because it's just giving me heart palpitations just imagining the logistics. But um, it was the most pleasant slash anxious experience you could have at the same time. Yeah, I guess you could say that. It's as if Uncut Gems was a kid's movie. I think Uncut Gems is less stressful. (laughs) (laughs) um or at least they're comparable Mm -hmm. uh so next up uh which also doubled as a catch-up from last year uh biosphere yes uh, which is one i definitely wanted to see at the time but it just never came out near me i think Um, i'd given you like vague running commentary while watching that one too i don't remember maybe i said something about like oh man if so (laughs) you definitely i mean both you and the marketing of the film definitely buried the lead on what it's actually about very much um but not in a deceptive way like dream scenario where it's like oh now i'm not into it as much yeah like it takes a hard right term but once it takes it it goes all the way with it and um I really enjoyed it. I thought yeah. the performances were great. I mean, Mark Duplass, this is the kind of mumblecore adjacent thing that he's always great at. Sterling K. Brown, man, really fucking like sells the emotional beats. And he's got a, some great monologues and just some various, you know, the journey that that character goes on is really, really compelling to watch. Well, and they the, just play off each other so beautifully. Well, the the initial setup, right? What, like, what would you what would you call the one set and setup for this movie? I mean, the last two people on Earth have to evolve to save humanity. (laughs) Sure. But like what you were going in on was two guys in like a biosphere, right? And the world probably ended, right? And it seems like it may have a comedy vibe to it, right? Yeah, yeah, it's sort of, yeah, exactly. Last man on Earth kind of vibe. Yeah, and the way they build on it. And there's never a moment that's so specifically like we're taking a turn. But it's like in the first like 15 to 20 minutes, right? You get all the the first wave of stuff. Like the initial reveal of like one of them was the president. Well, that like, was immediately what sort of like hooked me is just like, oh, this is like, like, I, yeah, exactly. I went in assuming, oh, it's just two guys. It's like, oh, no, it's like the president and his top scientific advisor or whatever. And one of them. But he's also the his best friend. Yeah. And, and, best but they're friend. also like childhood best friends. And so they have all this, you know, camaraderie and sort of history together. But, but they've also. Make- they know it each other well it, enough to get under each other's skin. It actually makes it better because – so Mark Duplass is the president. Like he's a doofus and you're like, oh, it would make sense that the doofus would name his smartest friend his top advisor, not yeah. an like actual advisor. Well, and, and then, then obviously like we're, yeah. kind of, you know, pushed him to the side because he felt managed and yeah. No, there's, there's a lot going on there and they don't really spell out sort of what happened to the world. You kind of – you get suggestions of it, but they – 
I, and I think it's good that they don't dwell on it, but it seems like it's either partially <laughs> or completely his fault. Yeah. Yes. Um, and then there's a line that I won't spoil, but like, that's when you're like, oh, we have entered a different film. Yes. And it, boy, does it take a turn. And what's fascinating about it is that it, I would say it like, it navigates some potentially very prickly terrain. And yes. it, it, like, you know, a lesser script or a lesser director would have definitely either gone too far with it or gone too silly with it. But they they give it the right amount of sincerity and take it seriously as a situation while also being, you know, addressing how absurd it is and how much it sort of affects their dynamic. And yeah. without giving anything away, one of them undergoes a transformation of sorts. And oh, very much so. And it very much changes things, but it doesn't feel like it's like a commentary on like social issues that these guys are ill-equipped to talk about. It just feels more of like a, oh, this is like what, you know, it's 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 a thought exercise. It's, uh, you know, taking it to the logical extreme. You know, this is the scenario, then this thing happens. Let's parse this out and see where it goes. And Oh, yeah. The way they, they each have their, their hang-ups, too, as it evolves is pretty funny, actually. Exactly. And like kind of realistic. Well, and they kind of, they're very dynamic characters. I mean, it's its a top tier sort of bottle movie or like a single location kind of thing yeah. because it's, you get to know the dome very well because it's not that big and, you know, there's not really rooms. There's just some walls. Um, and it just kind of, it evolves and it evolves and it keeps going in interesting ways. And, you know, it starts, one of them's the rational one, one of them's the emotional one, and then that kind of flips and then it flips back and forth and the ways in which their relationship changes is just really fun to to chart. And it ends in a way that I might find tedious in a lesser movie where it's like, it's a little ambiguous. It doesn't really resolve any plot things, but it's it it sells the message of the movie. And I think it, it the themes of it come through in a way that like, okay, like, <laughs> I would like to know what happens next, but I also feel satisfied that we sort of got to the end of the thought experiment and like this is, <coughs> you know, in terms of being a broader statement on humanity and our capacity to grow and to change and to keep hope alive. Um, I think it works exceptionally well. Agreed. Fun fact. I was supposed to interview the both of them and the writer strike happened about 10 minutes before our start date and it oh. was canceled. Was that yeah. the one? Oh man, that yep. sucks. I was on I'm sure Zoom that would have like, been uh, an interesting conversation too. Yeah. Hey, we can't talk about anything. How are you? Me, Mark. We we uh, spoke before. Sterling, I tried to get you nominated for Waves. <laughs> um, it would have been something. But yeah, so if uh, I did end up putting it on my sort of overall year list, I think it came in right at twenty. So it, you know, it wasn't necessarily a contender for the top 10 but it wasn't far off yeah okay uh so yeah big fan of that one uh next up is the only film on the list uh that i've already seen uh which is the shawshank redemption absolute classic uh yep. the main favorite reason it's on there is it's your favorite movie of all time and kelly had never seen it um and as a recording she technically still hasn't seen the whole thing we still have to watch the last like 40 minutes or so because she fell asleep but uh so far she seemed to be enjoying it okay i'll, I'll take it and then there's one more or is that where you're up to date uh there is one more uh which i caught earlier today and uh was a very pleasant surprise uh was hustle speaking of adam nice. sandler um yeah man i mean 
Adam Sandler, the dramatic actor, like when he's on, you know, Uncut Gems, Punch Drunk Love, etc. I would even throw Spanglish in there. Um, I, he's really on. And this is absolutely up there with all of those. He's terrific, partially because he plays it pretty low key. Like he's not doing a big performance, but he's still investing the character with all the flair and sort of the passion that you would want. Um, and as somebody who doesn't really like sports movies that much, I found it compelling in kind of a money ball kind of way, but also just like, it's got that Rocky arc of just sort of, you know, a, a prodigy who's like, you know, they're taking a chance on him and he's, you know, he's got to prove himself and, you know, he's got to go through the paces and he's got natural talent, but he's got to have training and he's got to have discipline. And there's, there's a lot of things that would feel very tired or formulaic, but here they feel like they're given that jolt of energy there's some terrific camera work and editing throughout there's some really good montages i really like the one at the very beginning um and just some of the training and stuff like that uh just really keeps you invested the whole way through there's some nice family dynamics that are like given room to breathe but also not dwelt upon too terribly much i don't know who had the inspired idea of queen latifah as adam sandler's wife but i'm right i'm really into it um Ben Foster doing a great sort of smarmy, you know, villain in a business suit. Probably my only nitpick would be that, like, any comeuppance that character might have kind of happens off screen. Yeah. Um, which is a little underwhelming because this the solution to all their problems kind of sort of falls into their laps at the end of the day. Yeah. And he's not even, like, an overt villain. He's just kind of a prick to him. No, but he's the closest thing to, like, a nemesis type character. Yeah, he doesn't believe in him in the way that um, um, Robert Duvall, yes. Adam Sandler and Robert Duvall share scenes in this film. Yeah. Oh, Robert Duvall, nice of you to show up for five minutes. Yeah, you can tell he's like, I would have made this movie years ago. All right, I'll sure. do it. Oh, this nice young man, Adam Sandler, whatever. You can tell yeah. he's like, whatever. Tell me where to go. I can do this in my sleep. But you know what? I'll make it good. Like, he clearly realizes he's in a good movie, not a bad movie. Yeah. <clears throat> and that I helps. mean, he's, he's not doing too much, but he's he's good. Um, yeah. yeah, no, just very well done. I, I'm blanking on the name of the, the main uh, ball player, but he's very good. He's got a great physicality to him. Like, yes. he's very believable in all the basketball scenes. Well, he is a basketball player, so that helps. Well, yeah, I, I mean, in the ending, it seems like half the cast is actual basketball players, which is... Yeah, his, his nemesis is a, is a basketball player as well. Yep. Um, Anthony Edwards, who's actually, I, I don't know how... He was a number one overall pick. I don't remember how he did. And um, Hernan Gomez is the last name of the, the main guy. I don't remember. He I think he has a brother who also plays. I will say he has his character name is full on movie um, sports character name. Bo Cruz. Oh, yeah. But it's great. It's very catchy. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to, uh, Luka Doncic, I remember, is in it. A lot of them play themselves, I think, towards the end. Yeah, very but, much uh, so. Yeah, I think his brother. I think the main character's brother is in the movie also. Um, it's good. Listen, hard to argue with this with this movie. Um, is it is it reinventing the wheel? No, but is it just like here's a damn good version of this? I I would argue very much so. I think it was my number ten movie of the year. Also, Heidi Gardner from SNL shows up for a minute. Oh yeah, no yeah. Also, I think great cast, great. You know, again, yeah. it play it plays those formulaic beats very well, even if it's not reinventing the wheel. Hundred percent. So, yep, that's where I'm at currently. Excellent. Mm -hmm. All right. Steve, you woke up? I've been awake. I've been listening. Right, I've been listening to this amazing conversation. Yeah. 
Hundred percent. All right, so uh, let's do some questions and the awards, and lead us into our predictions. All right, so I believe I have all of these here together. Uh, thematically, let's uh, stay on point. Ryan McDermott's film Hawk Face Off. Uh, my top ten of the last two years against nice. each other. Number ten: The Killer or Babylon. Oh man. Um. Well, both films that I liked big elements of but found other elements falling short i mean babylon is doing a lot more yeah but i feel like maybe falls flatter whereas mm-hmm. the killer has more modest ambitions but it's got that element of like i know david fincher is capable of doing this exact movie but a little more interesting so the fact that it's just a fine version of it leaves me underwhelmed um, but I guess I would go with the killer because I think the first half of Babylon is fucking amazing, but the mm-hmm. second half is a chore to get through. Yeah. Okay. Steve? I will go Babylon. Um, I know people see a lot of flaws, as Miles just pointed out. Um, I enjoy the flaws. I I was in it the whole way through. It does get a little, you know, the first half is very easy to consume. The second half does have a couple challenging points, but uh, they didn't bother me enough to to not put it in my top ten, I believe, last year. And okay. and, and it remains. <clears throat> it, so, um, I am going to go with the killer. I like the killer a lot. <clears throat> I like Babylon a lot, but Babylon's more fluid. Mm-hmm. Uh, number nine, um, a good person or hustle, Miles. You've only seen one. I've only seen one, but I just saw Hustle, and I really liked it. There you go. Steve, you've only seen Hustle. I've only seen Hustle, and I, I loved it. It was a lot of fun. Um, I feel like just because no one else saw a good person, I have to defend it. But it's really close. It's a really close one. Uh, number eight, American Fiction or The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent? I uh, need to see American Fiction. It may or may not have even cracked my list. We'll never know. Or I guess I'll say if it would have. Sure. Um but uh, I really like the unbearable weight of massive talent. So sight unseen for now, I'll go with that. Steve? American fiction. American fiction as well. Though talent's great. Uh, number seven, Flora and Son or Vengeance? Ooh. I haven't seen Flora and Son, but to be honest, it's one of the ones we've talked about that I'd be less likely to check out. Yeah. Um, I loved Vengeance. It made my top 10 the same year. So yeah. I have to go there. Steve? Flora and Son. Uh, same, though it's close. I just, I think I'm more likely to revisit Flora and Son. Vengeance hit me real good the first time. I don't know how it would play a second time. That's definitely fair. Um, number six, Poor Things or Everything Everywhere All at Once? Uh, I really like Poor Things, but Everything Everywhere All at Once cracked my top three of like all time, so I can't not go with that. Fair enough. Yeah, and I think I think there's fatigue. You know, I think that happens anytime that something's very successful. But all it takes is is watching a little bit of it to remember how great it is. But yeah, they're they're both both stellar. But everything everywhere is my pick. Uh, I'm sticking with poor things. Oh wow! I'll tell you, yeah. Uh, number five, Killers of the Flower Moon or the Whale. Mm-hmm. Uh, Killers of the Flower Moon by a Country Mile. It's not my favorite Scorsese, but it's very well put together and very enjoyable. Well, enjoyable, but it's very, <laughs> it's compel, it's compelling throughout. Very well acted, very well put together, has a banger of an ending. Um, 
the whale I just had too many issues with and I, th- I think the more I look back on it the less I like even the stuff that I liked when I saw the stage version noted Steve um, <clears throat> it's closer for me but I think I'll go with uh, Flower Moon um, also close for me but I'll, I'll do the sweep I'm fine with that <clears throat> this one's hard Air or Top Gun Maverick hmm um, really big fan of both, but I'm going to go with Top Gun. I just think it's such a crowd pleaser of a movie. Um, but no shade on air. They're both great. Yeah, I'll go Maverick as well, because just because of the in-theater experience, I mean, that's what, that's what movies are about. Yes. Well, I saw them both in theaters. Um, I will go air to stop the sweep. They're both amazing. Both amazing. <clears throat> Number three, The Iron Claw or She Said. Some trauma movies there. Oh, that's interesting. They're probably pretty comparable in quality for me. I, I quite like them both. Um, yeah. She Said in particular, I liked more than I was expecting to. Sure. Um, but Iron Claw's really good too. I'm going to go with She Said, mainly just because it's the genre of movie I think I'm a little more interested in, but it's totally. not by a lot. Yeah. And I'm the opposite where I uh, like them both less than I wanted to. I, I, I love everyone who's in them and there's things I like about them. But uh, Iron Claw, for some reason, didn't... I mean, I knew the story. I, I knew everything going in, so there was no... Uh, I was just anticipating and waiting for, the, for what happened mm-hmm. to happen. Uh, she said, I don't know, it, it, it seemed too... Uh, What's the word? Constructed, <laughs> thought out. You know, it didn't have it. We 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 know we know your rants about how Harvey needs his day in in court. No, no, and, it's not. It's not. That's the thing, though. <laughs> it, I want it. I, I want that to hit me. It, it, the the there are, there were. I'm sure there were moments in it that really worked. But overall, and I love Carrie Mulligan. Um, this is the one time I'm like, oh, I, I mean, Carrie Mulligan's one of my favorite actresses out there. And that that was the one performance I'm like, nah, didn't work for me. She didn't get to so she got a big one though. Was she? No. No, nope. it got shut out. Well, there you go. So people agree with me. They just didn't say it. Pick one. Uh what uh, what was the uh other one? Iron Claw uh, or Iron, she Iron said. Claw. Iron Claw. I'll go Iron Claw as well, but it's very, very close. These other two are gonna be very obvious, I think, for both of you. Uh my number two is Oppenheimer or Clerks Three. Oh. <laughs> well, you didn't see Clerks Three, so I mean, I haven't seen any of the Clerkses, and yeah. now that the month is drawing to a close, I may never see them. Until the um, next year is January in a couple of years. Say, You're very optimistic. How'd that happen? I don't know. Um, this is going better than you thought it would. It is, but that doesn't mean I want to give you that much power. Yeah, a couple um, years. But, I mean, yeah. It's yeah, <laughs> it's Oppenheimer all the way. It's uh, Yeah, I'm, I'm fine with Clerks that. Clerks 3. Oh, oh, please. No. Yeah, great. Okay, no, no, you're locked in. You're locked ah, in. Shit. And our number ones, Barbie or the Fablemans? Ooh. Um, I think I will go with Barbie because between the two, that one made my top 10 of that year. But I really mm-hmm. like the Fablemans. And I do think it's one of it's one of Scorsese, or Scorsese Spielberg's best films in years. I mean, they, they, switch, they switch movies once in a while, but it wasn't that one. Imagine. Yeah, Spielberg making that. Uh, Spielberg making like Silence. It'd be a different movie. movie. Might be more enjoyable. (laughs) Anything would be more enjoyable than the Silence we got. Uh, Steve, what about you? The Fablemans. I knew it would be. Um, It's Barbie for me. 
Okay. Uh, we have a question from, we'll run through these. Um, Samuel Lachlan wants to know about, um, hang on, I have to pull up the actual question, um, about category, you know, the categorizations of things. So let me pull them up. So one second. So keep in mind, these are comedy or drama. I believe at the Globes. Oh yeah, so at the Globes. So comedy or drama. Lady Sings the Blues, 1972. Never heard of it. Okay. Steve? Same. All right. What's love got to do with it? Musical heard or it, drama? Never seen it. They're, they're all musicals or music themed. Would you consider them dramas or music? So far, what's love got to do with it? I would say is drama. Yeah, I'd say drama. Ray? Uh, drama. Drama? Yes. Walk the line. Drama. Drama. La Vie and Rose. got the comedy version. It's walk hard. <laughs> yeah, exactly. La Vie and Rose. Uh, drama. Drama. Too much drama. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Bohemian Rhapsody. Comedy. <laughs> uh, I mean, you joke, but I have trouble calling it a drama. <laughs> yeah. It's a drama. TV. A star is, TV drama. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yes. Bohemian Rhapsody drama. Uh, most recent, A Star is Born. I would say musical. Because the music, I think, is, is the the making of the music is more implicit in the in the plot. Mm. Though it's definitely a drama. Sure, I mean, yeah, I would I wouldn't say it's not a drama. Uh, no, no, there, I, I would go drama the, because when I think I don't I, I don't think about the the music first. I think about the drama aspects of it first. Yeah, I, I'm just thinking of a re, a way to quantify any of these as a musical, and I think A Star Is Born at least like. Also has original songs for what that's worth. Well, yeah. Can you squeeze it in there as a, as a musical? Sure. Uh, sure. But is it? But not necessarily. But it's more drama. Yeah. 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 Um, the United States versus Billy Holiday, Rocket Man, Judy, Elvis. All drama to you? Uh, yeah. Although Rocket Man would probably be the lightest of the bunch. Sure. Yeah. And Elvis, you know, <laughs> Tom Hanks is in a comedy. Um, Samuel says, walk the line in Rocket Man. Are the ones that they would move over. So for what that's worth, um, these should have been nominated at the Globes in drama. Do you agree, Angela Bassett? What's love got to do with it? Miles hasn't seen it, so he couldn't say. Couldn't say. Um, yes. Yeah, I I would have to check the the opposition, but sure. Uh, Jamie Fox Ray. Uh, I'm honestly not a huge fan. Oh wait, wait. You're asking. Uh... Should they have been nominated in drama as opposed to musical or comedy? Oh, okay. Oh yeah, um, yes. I wouldn't have yeah, nominated sure. Ray at all. Well, I, I'm I'm on board with that. I was not a fan of yeah. Ray, but he's he's good in the movie. But it's it was overpraised for like the impression. Yes. Yeah. Still a good performance. Like I take Collateral over Ray though. That same year, mm-hmm. Collateral. Also, oh, he's also a lead in Collateral. So there you go. Problem solved. Um, and Marion Cotillard, Levy and Rose. I mean, she sings, but I, I still think it's it's probably a drama. But I also yeah. don't know that I would have nominated her. Here's what I'll say. I hate that movie, but I think she's phenomenal in it. I like that movie. Don't love that movie. She's very, yeah, she's she good. Is. She is. But yeah, I don't like the movie. I think it's that to me is just one of those like, I know it's a true story, but it's just, and then this awful thing happened. And then this awful thing happened. <laughs> yeah. It's just like, Jesus Christ. Yep, it is one of those. Um, and then he says, uh, Emma Stone, Paul Giamatti, Divine Joy Randolph, Robert Downey Jr. All won a Golden Globe and a Critics' Choice. If any win a SAG, does that make them a lock to win the Oscar? Or could another actor win SAG and then the Oscar? Put a pin in that for later. But um, 
I would say if they if those if those are the one if that's our four um SAG winners, I would say that SAG will match four for four. Yeah, I think that's fair. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um All I guess right. we'll get into it in the categories, but yes, I, I think um if you look at the competition, Robert Downey Jr. has gone ahead of Gosling. The main reason Gosling was ahead was because there was no campaigning and Downey was kind of quiet. And Barbie was kind of doing a lot of the work for you, for you with like the pop culture elements. But head to head, he's been winning. Um, now, if SAG goes the other way, that'll be interesting. Um, it'll be interesting. It, well, it's one of those things where it's like if Downey wins, that feels like a confirmation. If Gosling wins, wins it feels like, OK, we got a race. But that, exactly. Downey could still take it. Sure. You'd, you'd start thinking hard. Um, I think Divine could lose and still win just because no one else has even been the two. Yeah, I don't. I couldn't tell you who the two is. I guess Emily Blunt, but that's just by default. Yeah, Emma Stone. Um, I don't think is the front runner, so she needs that. That would help her right now. Yeah, yeah. and Paul Giamatti. It would be a, a very interesting one. I think he's going to win SAG actually. So he might have like kind of like tricked his way into front runner status. Well, remember just like a few months ago when we were talking about he's fighting for that fifth slot? That ain't the case anymore. Well, keep in mind that that happens sometimes. It's it's a matter of you. And this is the point I kind of wanted to make um, with this as we get into the predictions and, and the precursors. The way that we frame the race early on is often without any actual competition, right? You're going just by for months and months seeing the films, how the race looks, who's been nominated before, what this kind of looks like. So on the surface, yeah, he's he's one he's in he's in the running, right? Remember we were talking about Killian Murphy as like that's the guy who could miss. Yeah. Um and that sort of holding seem that, likely. <laughs> yeah. Holding that spot for DiCaprio and like, you know, we'll talk about it in a minute, but like maybe we have the DiCaprio miss uh actor lineup that we thought about. And then once you start to look at like who could win, of course Giamatti has a chance at a win. And once you see that um you know, a, a, a Beatty performance that could be a sweeper, right? Like a Coleman Domingo or uh, or a Jeffrey Wright or, or a DiCaprio or, or several or an Andrew Scott, like whoever just hasn't like picked up wins. You start to change your 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 thought process a little bit. Yeah, true. So, I mean, I'm 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 very much of that um, point of view that we've sort of reached that point in the year where you kind of change base. So I'm pulling up the other question. Give me one second. Um, In the meantime, our other question from Kayfley208, do you think the SAG Ensemble Award should change the rule of who qualifies for the award? Single card main title billing? If so, what would be a better, more uh, encompassing option? We talked about this um, last week a little bit, and Miles um, ranted a little bit off air about it. So um, do you have a solution? I think... And this is a bit more work, but I think, you know, if it's a celebration of actors like you say it is, then it's worth the work. You got to do it on a film by film basis. I don't think there's like an arbitrary number of actors you can sort of draw the line at and be like, okay, this many get in. But, you know, I mean, the main controversy this year is Killers of the Flower Moon is like, you know, John Lithgow and Brendan Fraser gets in, but only two of the native actors get in. But like they're in many ways the backbone of the movie and a lot Mm -hmm. create a lot of that emotional weight. And I think, you know, and similarly with Oppenheimer, like a lot of the ensemble gets in, but some of the biggest players like Krumholtz or Ehrenreich miss. So it's one of those things where I think you just kind of have to sit down and be like, you know, who who is integral to the ensemble, who stands out, who feels like, 
either from a plot standpoint or a performance standpoint, like who feels worthy of praise as because I think the billing thing is just, okay, well, you can look at the poster and figure that out. Like it feels lazy to me. Mm-hmm. Sure. And the, and, um, and that aspect of it is partially business anyways, the billing it's well, the, the, with, with well, exactly. picture at the Oscars, the producers, you, sometimes you do hear producers to be determined. Yeah. So well, they, they, it's, there it's is one an arbitration process where the decisions that go into choosing that should not be the same as the decisions that go into awards consideration. Mm-hmm. Yes, true. Because yeah. yeah, obviously um, people like Lithgow and Fraser to go back to Flower Moon would get prominent billing because they're prominent actors. One of them just won an Oscar, mm-hmm. um, you know. Whereas the other ones, you know, you may have seen them in things, but they're not names in the same way. But that doesn't make their contribution to the film any less significant. Totally. Um, Yeah. Will they change? No. I think that's also. (laughs) It's unfortunately a a mood issue for now, but I think uh, it could in the future. I think it's just on the back burner now with like not being on strike first. But it'll it'll come. It'll come. Uh, Matthew Anderson wraps up our questions by saying of the main acting categories, who would you be surprised by if they missed an Oscar nomination? And uh, let's talk about that as we get into our, our predictions. All right. So since we um, last met, Critics' Choice happened. Um, and the nominations for PGA happened, right? So PGA was the the ten, the ten front runners that we expected, and Critics Choice was um, pretty much Oppenheimer and Barbie winning almost everything, except for uh, Emma Stone for Poor Things. So let's go into our category talk, and let's look. Also, Steve, did you see the thing I sent you a couple minutes ago? I did not. Hold on. Oh, I ch- check your. Um, your Slack. I sent you something that you'll find um, annoying, but also interesting. Oh. But we'll talk about it afterwards. Okay. All right. So, uh, well, you skip the shorts. I think um, the Netflix short, The After, will probably be nominated for live action short, and a couple of the other you know ones we've heard of. But it's it's a moot point until you get there. All right. Uh, did you guys do documentary and, and international and all that? Yes. Okay. So international feature. I got So I'm not sure where I'm at yet, but I will say that I think I feel good about American Symphony as a front runner. Anyone have a, a different one there? Uh, I've got that at my two, but my one and two are pretty interchangeable. All right. What's your one? Uh, still a Michael J. Fox story, just because that's the one I know. I know. But like, that's the one documentary that I've heard people talk about all year. And I can't say that about any of the others. Sure. Like it, it deserves to win, but until it gets nominated, I'm, I'm worried. Like I have it at two, but I'm, I'm just prepared on the morning for it not to happen. Yeah. I have it low on my list because I'm like, I, every year you do with documentary, you go, what, how did that not like, you're just like, this is the shoe in and that's the one that does not get in. So, yeah. That's that's I'm targeting that one unfortunately as the one. But I if it if it gets in, it stays at two because it deserves to win. American Symphony is great too, and it has a, a hard to resist story. Uh, my other three getting in right now are Twenty Days in Maripol, Four Daughters, and Beyond Utopia. I have the same three. So do I. All right. Uh, yeah, it's uh, there's other ones like I wouldn't be shocked if Going to Mars, Nikki Giovanni project gets in, but it's very small. Thirty Two Sounds is really cool. I've I've got but, that on the periphery. Yeah, I just don't know how many people gave it a chance. I mean, like, Stamp from the Beginning is the other Netflix one, but they're really putting all their money behind American Symphony. And then there's the Eternal Memory. Yep, I got that on. I got that at six, actually. Yeah, same. All right, so we'll see. Uh, Yeah, that is a a top-heavy lineup, though, right now. 
mm-hmm. sort of the top three or four. But we'll see what happens with that. That could be a, there could be a surprise or a snub. International feature. There's a, a fair amount here. Um, I do think we could probably all agree that uh, the zone of interest is the front runner here. By far. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe Society of the Snow at two at this point. Uh, I've got it at four, but I agree it's going to get in. I think they've been pushing it sufficiently. Mm. Um, the other ones I have getting in safely right now are the Taste of Things and the Teacher's Lounge. I've got Taste of Things. Uh, I've got Fallen Leaves in there because that's been showing up in more than a few places. I do too. Uh, and I've got Perfect Days as well. So do I. Mm. So right now I have Zone, Society, Taste of Things at three, Teacher's Lounge four. My five is 20 Days of Maripool just because I have this... Uh, theory about sometimes the double nomination mm-hmm. of ones that I've just don't that win. On the, I've got that on the periphery as well. But we'll see. Um, yeah, I have Perfect Days at six, Fall and Leaves at seven, Four Daughters eight. I've got those, a, are, those, are the one, those are the ones. I've got a Promised Land at six because never underestimate a, a mods Danish film. Yes. Um, um, and, and Totem has gotten a fair amount of buzz that I've seen. Yeah, Totem's at my 10. There's The Mother of All Lies. There's um, The Monk and the Gun. Like there, There's almost always a surprise here. Um, it, it just it, the winner is not going to be a surprise unless anyone thinks otherwise uh, I don't see it being a surprise no <laughs> no, I, no I agree all right song do we both have do we all have two Barbies I I have three Barbies I well you can't because only two are eligible wait what which one's not three are eligible for nominations only two can be nominated Oh, I did not know so that. So one will miss. Oh, well, that I, you know what? It's good because I have a, a sixth in this category. I will. Uh, so here's what. So my question is, which Barbie do you have missing? I have Dance the Night away missing. I do, too, even though it's my personal favorite of the three. But I agree that that's the most likely to miss. OK. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I agree with you both, but I'm, I don't care. I'm keeping it in because I love that song. Okay. So um, what do you have missing? So I'm missing. I'm just Ken. It's going to make it. So. I think it's going to make it um, one because it's a more of a novelty, and two, um, well, two the if the, if it had the scene played as the Bake Off, I think that helps, and three, it um, won an award while voting was going on, and don't put too much stock into my vote my group though. Hey, I voted for it and it won, so I like that, but it didn't hurt for something else to win. Just as things were going, so and Gosling's I, uh, reaction to that win was. Something has yes. been all over. Yeah, yeah. So. Accident, accidentally viral of like, wait, what? <laughs> I, to be clear, um, I do not think he's going to perform though. No, I think I think his I think that was the look on his face of like, oh no, they're going to ask me to do this. I don't want to do this. I did it like, especially if he's space. nominated for supporting actor, he doesn't want to be dealing with all that. I bet no. I bet it'd be Will Ferrell steps in. Oh, that would be funny. Yeah. Or the other, or, or like some of the other Kens, like Simulio or Kingsley. Oh, yeah, that's good too. Like that. Yeah, yeah. I think Alan should do it, frankly. Oh, that would be something. Well, he's not um, a Ken, though. Yeah, but that'd be funny, though. I think it'd Him, be like confusing. infringing. I think that whole point of Alan is confusing. The endless so, marketing yes, continues yeah. right into the uh, announcement so, of the the category. I I think those two are in. I think they're not going to win. So my four and five. Are uh, the fire inside from Flame and Hot because it's yep. Diane Warren? Mm-hmm. Uh, I've, I've learned better. I've learned better to uh, bet against her. She's getting yep. in. And, and my five is Road to Freedom from Rust and the Lenny Kravitz song. 
So I've got that too. Um, I don't think you actually said the name of it, but what was I made for? I think we have yes. the front runner. Yeah, that's that. Yes. And then um, the other one I have hmm. in there is uh, "Can't Catch Me Now" from Hunger Games. All right. Um, uh-huh. I'm because I don't know, and it's so open. I'm just gonna go with what I want, and and be happy to go four out of five in all likelihood. And I have High Life from Flora and Son. I do have that on the periphery. I've it never went away. American. Yeah, system. that's that's my seven. That's more likely. <laughs> I put um, Dance Night as six from Barbie, just because it's the next Same. most likely. Um, but uh, watch out. I wonder if there's a mild chance of the uh, only one gets in because of the split. The the other one I have on the periphery, and this one would be interesting, is uh, Am I Dreaming from Spider Verse? Not because sure. I think it's crazy likely, although it has shown up a few places. But if it does get in, I think that makes the animated category potentially. Yeah, it, it it puts some weight behind it because that's very much a two horse race right now. Yeah, another thing you can look at is the color purple has an original song. I didn't find it particularly sure. memorable, but um, I historically um, musicals don't just get an acting nomination. So you kind of want to look at where else that can get in. Not that I think Danielle Brooks will miss. I think it'll be the exception to that rule. But if you don't have it in picture, right, you should kind of look at where else you might be able to have it. Just, just a friendly bit of advice. Score. Um, score is interesting because there's some late movement, it feels like. But I feel good about Oppenheimer, Killers of the Flower Moon, Poor Things as a top three. All right? Yeah. Now, my four and five right now are the zone of interest in Spider-Man. And they feel good, right? I feel good about those. But here's what I'll tell you. Indiana Jones, right? John Williams is right there, and they haven't not nominated him in a while. The Boy and the Heron is sort of like, not quite grassroots, but that's the, if you want to look at like a version of like an indie contender, winning the Globe would have been helpful. For sure. In that but like it was rare way, in that rare way that winning a Globe can't. But I mean, in terms of like getting it on more people's uh, yeah. radars. Um, and then uh, Michael Giacchino for Society of the Snow. Oh, sure. Mm-hmm. So, so I would I, say the no, well, one other thing that I'll say, and I don't know that it'll happen, but if you want to look at like shows of strength, you know, that kind of situation, if Barbie slips in for score. So I was about to say, so I we have the same like four. I have Oppenheimer, Flower Moon, Zone of Interest and Poor Things. I have Boy and the Heron right now over Spider-Verse, although I agree that that's sort of not far off just because if you look at any sort of campaigning for Boy and the Heron, that's an element of the film that they're really highlighting. And uh, I, I wouldn't underestimate that, especially if that one looks like it may... Again, it's between the two. And I think similar to Song, if it gets in, then that's... If either gets in, then that tells you something. Yeah. Um, but I have Barbie at six because I agree that it could definitely sneak in, especially if they really go for it. Yeah, And... I agree, Indiana Jones, but I think a lot of the weight of that might have been alleviated by John Williams just recently coming out and saying, no, I'm not necessarily retired. I might do something else. Yes, so it, I do it, think it does, that helps. It no longer has that, oh, this might be our last chance to give him one sensi- sensibility. Yeah. Okay, Steve? Um, I agree with, I mean, my five are the same. Uh, with Spider-Verse being my three, that's the biggest... Um, change compared to yours i have oppenheimer killers spider-verse poor things zone of interest i think we're the same 
Okay. Um, yeah, again, I'm I'm going to decide for, for reals um, in the coming days, but that's sort of where I'm at at the moment. Visual effects, where um, Oppenheimer won at Critics' Choice. <laughs> yep. Um, yeah, I, and, and, and like is nominated for v, via Visual Effects Society and stuff like that, um, where I think Poor Things missed. So um, I think Poor Things will still get in. Yep. Because, again, Best Picture does well here. I think The Creator will get in. I believe it did well with VES. Yep. I think Guardians will get in. Yep. I think Society of the Snow will get in. I have that on the periphery, but I agree it's in contention. I have it at four. And then I have, God- and I have Godzilla getting in. I also have Godzilla getting in. I think that le- last-minute surge, it's going to be fresh on some people's mind in just the right way. Um mm-hmm. I have Indiana Jones getting in, not because I think it deserves it, but because I think people are stupid and they're going <laughs> to be suckered in by the de-aging that looks atrocious. Sure. It could um, be that. It could be Spider-Man. Uh, but yeah, I've got Spider-Man. Yeah, Sp- Spider-Man on the periphery. I've got Napoleon at six because there's a lot going on in the battle scenes. Um, but I think we agree on the top four. Yeah. I mean, that's this is a... Um... This is a recurring. It's, it's thing a weird I've... category to predict the winner of without Oppenheimer. I'll tell you that because yeah. I'm not sold on the creator like a lot of people are. No, no, no. I I, I have it as a placeholder. I want to see what starts to how the wind starts to blow. Yeah, because you know, it, it, in the past, it has happened plenty of times that it doesn't matter which is actually has the you know the most effects or the best effects. If you, no one's talking about it. You know, you're not voting for it. I, 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 that's how I feel. It's like, that's why you, you're kind of brought up, I forget what you mentioned just a little while ago, but these award shows going on that are being televised that are, you know, you're having your your memeable moments, your buzzworthy moments, that has to factor in. You have to be, like, get your, your ballot and go, oh, wait, I just heard this song mentioned, you know, five times in the last month. Uh, yeah, and over and over, and the creator is just—you know—I think it's just kind of floating around, and someone people really have to go out there and, and. You'd love to see it if you're if you're the creator. You'd love to see it score a nomination somewhere else. Yeah, yeah, but I don't just to be able to have two going in, like just, production design or something like that. So no talk though. It's just yeah. Well, that's that's the problem. The loner. Um, well, we're gonna when we when we reconvene next week, right on on Tuesday or Wednesday. The nominations are on Tuesday morning. Um, I'm sure when we talk about this and we we go over like where we how we did and where we missed and all that stuff, um, we will probably have a lot of three out of five, four out of fives in most categories because we kind of sure. know, barring surprises, which surprises will tell us something. But if we don't get a ton of new information, we will have a lot of four out of fives, and then like on the fringe, the fifth in most categories is a little different. Mm-hmm. So For sure, and to that end. Real quick in visual effects, pour one out for Dungeons and Dragons, which didn't make the short list, even though it should definitely be nominated. I mean, should have been practical effects alone. My gosh. Um, Sound. We just had um, both of the sound precursors, which you then have to combine and figure out. Um, But again, many of the I think the five that I have predicted here are the five that um, have shown up everywhere, which would be Oppenheimer, Maestro, Killers of the Flower Moon, Barbie and Ferrari. So I have four of those. Uh, swap Ferrari for the killer. I have the killer at seven. It just it had it didn't catch on in the way. Even though I know that was the one thing Netflix was like, if you want to nominate the killer in something, nominate it in sound. Um, and then I would also say the the looming threat is the zone of interest. That's what I, I don't think I have that instead of Barbie. Didn't pick up stuff, 
but I think people who like the film are noticing that. And um, depending on how it does on the morning, mm-hmm. um, that's one to watch out for. Yeah, yeah, I have that at six. That's my five. Yeah. All right. Makeup, which feels strange without Barbie, but and 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 the ten is just wild as we went over. But I feel yeah. good about poor things. I feel good about Maestro. I feel good about Killers of the Flower Moon. Any disagreements there? I don't yeah. have Flower Moon in there. Interesting. Do you both have Oppenheimer? Yes. Yes. See, I have it missing. Oh no! There's it's, too much makeup for it to miss. I, I'm not sure if I'm going to keep it missing, but at the moment I have Napoleon at five, which I just have that weird feeling that it's a it's a one nomination movie. Just I it just reeks of one nomination. I might be to agree, but I think a different category. Same here. Yeah, why well, I'm going to possibly narrow it down, but I, I have to look at what I have it getting in. And then my four is Golda. Mm-hmm. It it's that like makeup nomination that nobody's enthusiastic about but the makeup people like yeah well uh, when you look at you know i mean that's that was all their marketing was uh yes the makeup so like it could definitely happen and i wouldn't be too surprised right now at five i have a uh, society of the snow um, the same. just because it's got again a bit more of a push but um yeah i've got uh napoleon like right on the periphery i've got ferrari uh, you know, maybe they'll be weird and go with the Demeter. Who knows? Real quick, going with well, Society of, of the Snow. Is is that the latest um, film to do a push? Because you always like wonder, you know, you have last year you had, well, it really wasn't a push, but you had uh, everything everywhere very early in the season. And then you have these like almost to the point of like, wait a second, that's that's even running this year? Because well, it, it was it different. Well, I think um, some people are trying to compare it to All Quiet on the Western Front, mm-hmm. but that was a little different because it played at more uh, – All Quiet played at festivals and did well, but Netflix was kind of figuring out their their thing. And then last minute then went, oh, well, that's our best picture push, right? Whereas this is – And it kind of crested at just the right moment. Yeah, whereas uh, Society of the Snow, I think just this week became like one of their highest um, viewed international films, like behind All Quiet. Okay. So it's being watched, but I think it's a much more targeted campaign. Okay, I'm just curious. Like, my gosh, it suddenly I, I I had it in my potentially in you know in my top twenty or so. Yeah, and I have suddenly it's everywhere. Well, I have Bo at six here in this category just because I hate it and I'm worried. <laughs> I I refuse. Yeah, um, I I'd, I'd rather be wrong yeah. than happy. Society of the Snow at eight. Wrong. Yeah, yeah. Society of the Snow at eight. Ferrari nine. Demeter ten. So we'll see. I I, I think before the time. Um, when I finalize, I will move um, Oppenheimer up just because it's not an unsafe way to be wrong to just like overperform on Oppenheimer. Mm-hmm. For sure. All right. Film editing. Anyone? What do you have thoughts on film editing? No, no. Yeah. I was like, if anyone wants to. We need to, to edit that. that. All right. <laughs> Um, I don't know if you guys could hear, but my dog is lapping up water in the background oh, no. during that pause. Uh, I, have I mean, the Barbie, I have the Barbie, I have Barbie, the holdovers, uh, Oppenheimer, poor things and maestro. All right. My dog is interesting. Looking at his water, bo- his water bowl. He's he, he knows not to do it. I don't have a dog. Um, <laughs> do you want to edit that pause as well? That was kind no. Of I think that should stay in. Um, so here, my my editing winner is Oppenheimer right yep. now. I have killers. I have, of the flower moon. I have poor things. I have Barbie. My fifth is open. So what was your fifth, Steve? Actually, I don't have all of these ranked uh, in order. I have some of them. So, um, 
If, what was your other nominee? Uh, Poor Things Maestro. Holdovers. So you have Maestro. Okay. You have Maestro and the Holdovers. You have two minutes. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Miles, what about you? I didn't say my five yet for a reason. So I've got your same four, uh, Oppenheimer, Flower Moon, Poor Things Barbie, which are kind mm-hmm. of the front runners in most of these tech categories. Yep. Um, at five, I have Zone of Interest. All right. It just I have, it feels like that kind of movie. But I have three things I want to throw out there for you. My current five, which will probably not stay in my five, is Air. I, I Air. I would like to believe it on quality, but I think that one's going to be a goose egg. Yeah, um, or screenplay, adapted screenplay. Uh, original screenplay could slip in. Um, I think you could see the holdovers. You could see Spider-Verse. Yeah. And then here's the other one I want you to watch out for. Saltburn. Hmm. There's some hmm. tech categories where I think Saltburn is really in play. And I think Maybe. it's still potentially going to goose egg. But... The people who like it, I think, are going to be strategic about it. And if you like the film enough, you like the text a lot. So sure. I don't know if this is going to happen, but I think I want to put it in people's head as I figure out my five there. Question. Is there any chance of how to blow up a, pi- a pipeline making it in? Or Did they do it on the shortlist? Are they not in the shortlist? I, I don't, I don't remember know. if they, I, I don't I don't think they, they shortlisted that one. I haven't seen one if there is one. Then, like, I mean, hypothetically, but no, I don't realistically yeah. think enough people saw it. Yeah. I mean, that, that's, got, that's the film for me that stands out as, you know, it's a smaller player, but I'd like to see those films once in a while pop up. No, I agree. Uh, on the periphery, I have stuff like Ferrari. I also have Maestro, Anatomy of a Fall I'd love to see, even though I think it's a long shot. Sure. Uh, Anatomy is another one to look, up, look out for as a potential like showing up a couple places, but yeah, I think I it's not going to have great a below the line success. That's just because I think so many of the front runners are across the board contenders, which we haven't had in a while. Mm-hmm. Costume design. I have Barbie. I have Poor Things. I have Killers of Flower Moon. I have Maestro. I have Oppenheimer. I do as well. Different order. Yeah. I order have all change. but one. Uh, swap out Maestro for the color purple, which will go sure. back to what you said in a little bit. Yes. So the color purple, I believe, missed a costume designer nomination. Was there a shortlist, or are you talking about... No, there was, um, the Costume Designers Guild. So does that mean it can't get nominated, or...? No, no, it just means it was interesting that the Guild didn't nominate the... It's, a, you know, the same way we look at SAG and PGA and Sure, PGA. sure. Okay. Um, yeah, I'm, back and double I've, check. I've got a very specific thought process I'm going through with Color Purple, a film I haven't seen. But, um, yeah, right now I have it getting in over Maestro, but I do have that on the periphery, as well as Napoleon and uh, Saltburn. Okay. Good. Um, let me pull this up just to see if I'm right or not. Because yep. like with Cinema Audio right. Society I, I and some of those it. and like Art Directors Guild, I'll pull up some of these. But some of them, the problem with these are you can't um, – how do I want to put this? You know what I mean if I say like take them seriously but not literally? No. Like they, they're, they're not going to be one-to-ones but you have to kind of figure out what they're getting at and what they like. Mm-hmm. Um, especially ones that like – so – Costume Designers Guild has different um, categories. So, yes, um, it missed at Costume Designers Guild. So they have contemporary, period, and sci-fi fantasy. So they have 15 that basically you can narrow it down for. Their contemporary nominees were American Fiction. I don't think that's a likely costume nomination. May December seems fringe. Nyad seems fringe. Renfield, which seems like on one. And Saltburn. Saltburn's the one you could take from that if you wanted to. Though I don't think it's going to pull it out. I have it seven. Now, if you go to period, where 
color purple should be. You have Killers of the Flower Moon, Maestro, Napoleon, Oppenheimer, Poor Things. That could be your five, hypothetically. It won't be. But those are those are all top tier, give or take Napoleon, right? Sure. And then in sci-fi fantasy, you have Barbie. Also kind of insane. They just couldn't figure out where to put Barbie. Haunted Mansion, Songbirds and Snakes, The Little Mermaid, and Rebel Moon. So if if Color Purple couldn't get in over Napoleon, I I, th- I, I mean, it might have been a victim of period and just being like locked out, but still. Yeah, I mean, we'll see. Well, I know you're 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 playing a, a theory here. In general, I, this category is the one that I I mean, out of the ones you just listed, it feels like Napoleon was the only one that really shut it out. So it could have just as easily been the six there. Sure. That's where. But if it is the six, it still has to fight back against those four and Barbie, which would be five. Right. Saltburn. And then you also have the ones that aren't um, in anything like, you know, a Ferrari, which missed. Um, so I don't know. I don't I don't know for sure, but I'm. I'm 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 lukewarm on color purple just because it seems like the guilds are. Well, that's definitely fair, with one exception. But yeah, yeah, I mean, we'll see. In in terms of the guilds, one exception. I think so. I, I mean, we're gonna we're gonna see. Like, it's one of those films that just like we're not gonna know until we know. Sure. Okay. So the thing I want to talk about next is the next category, obviously, but it is cinematography. And did you guys all see the ASC nominations? I did, but I don't remember them offhand. Okay. Mm-hmm. Steve, same? Same, yes. Okay. Do you remember how insane they were last year? No, I do not. Okay. So let me. I want to backtrack for a second with you guys. So last year, do you remember the Oscar nominations for cinematography and how they were weird? Well, because Top Gun got shot out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. Do you well, remember? I want to say like my top four, like four out of my five predicted cinematography nominees got shut out last year. It was really weird. Well, that's what I want to. That's what I want to. I want to say. So here's what the cinematography nominations were last year. Okay. We had All Quiet in the Western Front win, right? Mm-hmm. So I got to pull up the nominees here. The other nominees, if I'm remembering correctly, were Tar, Empire of Light, Bardo, and I'm missing one more. Um, Elvis. Oh, Sorry, yeah. I got that right. So remember how we were like, oh, I guess it's Elvis with no enthusiasm. And then it was all quiet, right? So that was what that was. The ASC nominations last year were not the same, which I think is important to note. So last year they went, the crossover were Elvis, Empire of Light, and Bardo. They didn't even have All Quiet. And they didn't have... Um, Tar? Tar. They had Top Gun, which we thought was the front runner, and they had the Batman. Such a good nod. I wish it translated. Right? So you have that, and you're also going... That's a wild lineup in both cases. Yeah. So when you look at these, I would say you look at this precursor and you're like, I, 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 what's, what are they telling us? Like last year, they were interesting enough that I think you could always be worried that they would not be right. And what they leave out, right? So this year, 
Their nominees were Oppenheimer, Hoyte van Hoytema, your presumed frontrunner, right? Mm-hmm. Robbie Ryan, Poor Things, right there in it. Rodrigo Prieto, Killers of the Flower Moon, right there in it, right? Yep. Maddie Libatique, Maestro, right there in it, right? So, so far, yep. probably everyone has them. Yep, I've right? got all four. Now, my ad- without knowing what ASC went, what's your number five? Uh, I have the holdovers. Steve? I have Maestro. You have those four. You have those four. No, so what's your other one? Uh, I... Uh, El Conde. Well, that's oh, interesting. Yeah, they've got that because I, I have that because that's what the other ASC nominate nominee was. Mm-hmm. And I wonder if that's the ASC five, uh, the Oscar five, because it's Ed Lockman. Now, if it's not, if you look at last year and you go too weird, he's an outlier. Something else will get in. I think your your safe bet is the holdovers, right? Because mm-hmm. it's going to do well. Your shot and it's, and it's got a sort of specific like old school vibe that yep. we sometimes go for. Yep. Your two shots in the dark are the zone of interest, show of strength, right? Yep. Or the creator looking for that other nomination ties in the, uh, to visual effects or split the difference. Saltburn. I do winner. have Saltburn on the periphery. I have Saltburn at six. I think I'm deciding between El Conde and Saltburn. Saltburn have- keeps being talked about. And like in strange places, not just, you know, and like, I think that factors in quite a bit. Well, that's what I'm trying to figure out. The fact that it has some late buzz. Mm-hmm. The people don't like it, still hate it. The people who love it, still love it. Right. But I think people are watching it out of curiosity. Exactly. And passively, passively taking it in because it's, it's, I don't know if like cool is the right word. It is a cool movie. Like it's a, it's a young person's movie, but it's like, it's on a streaming platform. So you can just watch it. I think people are some are going and beyond screenings going, the fuck is up with Saltburn when we click it on? And I, I'm sure there are people who are going, nope, and turning it off, right? But there are definitely people who will go, well, that was a lot, but I really <laughs> liked X about it, right? And sure. suddenly that leads to cinematography, maybe production design we'll talk about in a minute, maybe Rosamund Pike. I think in a, if it wasn't such a, a tough actor race, I think Barry would be in play still. Like the, the things that even if you hate the movie, you can't really be upset about, right? So I think you have to keep that movie in mind. So as we as we get into pre- production design to round out the the, the text, right? Um, again, for the same four poor things: Barbie, Killers, Oppenheimer. Right? Seem likely. Yep. Right. What's your fifth? Uh, mine, going back to aforementioned, is uh, Color Purple. All right, Steve. What's your five? I'm sorry. What category? Production production design. design. Oh, my five is Napoleon. Okay, that's my six. Color Purple is my seven. I do have Saltburn in. It'll be a very weird, like, one nomination if it's just production design. But I could see it. Also, let me see if I have that. Yeah, I've got Maestro Napoleon Saltburn on my periphery. So here, um, I can pull up the Art Directors Guild. They went in period Asteroid City. Not going to happen. Killers of the Flower Moon, Maestro, Napoleon, Oppenheimer. How do you feel about Maestro in this one? I think it's I think it's on the cusp. I think so, but I don't think there's anything necessarily like calls enough attention to itself. Mm-hmm. No, I I don't think it's like I I won't nominate it to be predicted, but I think yeah. it's in the conversation. Yeah. In fantasy, they have Barbie, the creator, Guardians, Poor Things, Wonka. 
which I think I don't think again. This is another one where the creator like if it's got a chance if it if it wants to win visual effects right as opposed to maybe winning by default but like actually win win it needs to get in here if not cinematography. Yeah, or sound is one that I've heard a few sure. people say. Yeah, it needs another nomination. Two nominations will make me feel okay about it winning. I still have it at one just because I don't know what else will win. Um, and then in contemporary, Bo is afraid. God. <laughs> uh, that The house is a lot. I'll give him that. And like the outside, there is production design. We just hate it. Well, and the um, the sequence by the Wolf House director, yeah. I, I guess, could qualify. Yeah. And the and like the porno like block he lives on. Sure. Even though like not to go back to that movie, but that should be funny to me. Right. That's such my sense of humor. All that fucking shit on the wall in that area. And yeah, I don't know. Nope. Shook my head. John Wick chapter four. Cool, but not going to happen. The that killer. Should, I, I also think that one really deserves to be in conversation for cinematography, even though it's not going to happen. Yeah. Um, the killer. Love that that got in for like the WeWork <laughs> and all. Um, oh, and, guess, the, yeah. and I guess the house and stuff. They, they must have made some of those things. Um, Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1. I, 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 they don't get nominated. I know they're no. trying, but they, they just don't get nominated. It'll be cool if they get in. It'd be very ironic that the one that nobody was like enthusiastic about got in. Um, though I interviewed the editor, Eddie Hamilton, who also did, um, Top Gun and, um, he doesn't strike me as like a guy like shamelessly plugging like the movie just to like be like a shill kind of thing. But he was saying how insane the stuff in the next movie is. And I know that's what everyone says, but he's, I seem to believe him for some reason that like, there's something we don't know yet. Oh yeah. I can't wait. Yeah. Like they have been very cagey about what the next like stunt is. Usually at this point we know. Well, no. I mean, they showed Tom on, like, the side of a biplane. That's yeah. footage that's been out for over a year. Sure, but there's definitely something. That's not the centerpiece. Like, he's uh, going to no, kill himself one. No, not necessarily, one. but... Yeah. But, um, I mean, in a lot of ways, the, the centerpiece that they advertised for Dead Reckoning, I would argue, wasn't even necessarily no. the big thing. No, you never know. Um, and then the other nominee here is Saltburn, which gives me a little credence. So we'll see. Yep. It's, it, that's, that's where this last minute tinkering for me. But, again, uh, no color purple here. Well, we'll see. <laughs> uh, animated quickly, which is top heavy. Uh, we all have Spider-Man and Boy and the Heron 1, 2 in whatever order, right? Correct. I have I, Boy and the Heron I, I, at I'm 1 flip, still. I'm flip-flopping. Right now I do too, but it could it could easily go either way. Yes. I'm wondering if I'm, if I'm going to go with whoever wins the Annie. I don't know. Um, I've made my three Nimona. I've got that as well. Same. Uh, my four is Elemental. I have it at five i have it at four and then my fifth is wide open but i have uh, tmnt i have that too same here yeah I, my I, six I, is wish i think it just it's damaged goods at this point i, I um, think it's missing it would be such a silly nomination at this point when you can go turtles or you could go um uh what's the um i've got robot dreams at six yeah uh, it could be robot nice dreams six, feels yeah. like a um suzume right is I, another one yep. like hanging out or you could do i mean i i just i don't think it'll be mario at this point but like mario is like the it better version of wish I, and like i really think it could be robot dreams because there's always that one surprise like but you know that most people is like i never even heard of that and yeah that could be that one this year okay We'll see. I mean, well, well, that one. I hope it is the last spot in animated is impossible. We know that. Um, all right, for the big categories, um, Miles, you did more than the five, right? You went a little higher on these. 
I I have eight, but okay, you know, with we, we, um, you know, the predicted five and then the periphery. Sure, mentality. And Steve, you just have your five or just a couple five. more than that. Okay, that's fine. Um, so I'll tell you for um, adapted. I'll tell you my eleven is. Are you there, guys? Me, Margaret. I think people just tried to will that more than I think it will happen. So here's my ten. You have origin at ten. Just got re repurposed into adapted. Though that is the other last minute people really trying to get people to watch this movie and vote for it. Could be this year's to Leslie. Yeah. Um, I saw someone predict or speculate that it could be the first film ever to just get a Best Picture nomination in this world. I don't know that I'm ready to do that. No, I'm not there. But you never know where this could play. So I might move it up from 10. I have Spider-Man at 9. I have The Color Purple at 8. Same. So those are the ones I don't think are in. I think there's seven contenders here. My number seven is the zone of interest. Oh, I've got that in five. Interesting. My number six is all of us strangers. Same. That that that, re, that reclassification of Barbie just really hurt that one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So my five is Killers of the Flower Moon. Oh wait, hold on. I just realized I forgot to put Barbie into this one. Let me rejigger something. Oh, you gotta you gotta move everything down one. Gotta move everything down one. Okay, so sorry. So Zone of Interest at six, all of us strangers at seven, and I had uh, Boy in the Heron at eight. Okay. So my five is Killers of the Flower Moon. I have that at I four. I think there's a world in which it misses. But I don't think it will, is the thing. But it's just no one no one's picked to win. I have Oppenheimer at four. Yep, I've got it Same. at three. Yeah, I don't. I, again, I don't think it's going to win, but it's it's there, right? Um, I have poor things at three. I have poor things at one. Interesting. Um, I needed to win something. I have American Fiction at two. I have that at three. Mm-hmm. And I have Barbie winning. I have that at two. So I have it between those three, I think, are sort of leading the pack. Same here. So what happened here was... Um, the problem we're going to run into is everywhere that separates, uh, separated Barbie into original. Yeah. So like at Critics' Choice, uh, American Fiction won, which doesn't help for the Barbie thing, but I think it does provide the the basics of like maybe how this is going to go, which is that I think American Fiction would beat Poor Things. Just because I, for some reason, I think the problem with Poor Things is um, people credit Yorgos as opposed to Tony McNamara. Sure, but I think uh, I think they see these they see these as no, it lost to fucking um, Green Book. Oh, everything. I think I think people Um, see his stuff as directing as opposed to writing, which is a tough thing to overcome. But sure, but you've said the same thing about Nolan and all season, and yet he had two writing nominations before he was ever nominated for director. Yeah, but he never came close to winning for writing. It always felt like like also ran nominations to me. Maybe, but I I, we'll I wouldn't I wouldn't say so. I mean, it's different here because it's a different yeah. person. But I, I feel like it's Barbie or American Fiction in that category. That's fair. I wouldn't right. rule out poor things, especially as maybe an early indicator that Emma Stone might take it over Lily Gladstone. But maybe we'll, see. well we won't know until the night of because WGA doesn't announce until after the Oscars by like a month. So now they're insane, <laughs> insane. Um, Unless somehow our, our game is that close that we can wait and use it. But I hopefully not. All right. So um, I'll tell you my eight in original, which you may have to do some quick uh, adjustments there. 
No, I, I remember to move Barbie out. I just forgot to put it into a deck. Oh, okay. So my aid is Boy and the Heron. Wait, why do I have Boy and the Heron in a deck? Boy and the Heron's based on a book, isn't it? It is not. The title is a book, but it's an original screenplay. Uh, okay i have that and adapted for some reason so. i think it's not getting nominated either way so it doesn't matter no i, I think that I, I have rust in at eight but i, don't I think, think that confusion also will hurt it so my number seven is saltburn no she she won the category and again i think you gotta you gotta look at if if you think any of this buzz will mean something you have to figure out where it's gonna go so I do think it's a six horse race, but I have it right there at seven. My six is so, May, December. So at seven, I have uh, origin just in case that last minute push does anything. I, I went. So again, it's an it's an adapted one. Oh, my God. OK, here, let me just swap origin and boy in there. And so I can <laughs> remember when I myself remember when I when I mentioned it a minute ago. But uh, yeah, I think. The, I no, think the I, I know. But I think I got confused about it got switched from what short. Sure. And I think that will confuse enough voters who there's not enough for that movie anyway. Okay, okay. So, so just to re-clarify, yes. Origins at eight and adapted, Boy in the Heron's at eight and original. I don't think either are getting in. Okay. Yeah, I have seven, Saltburn. So here's the six. I have May December at six. All right. I have that getting in. I have air at six, which I well, suspect that's the is thing. five. Air's my four. I think there's the two on the periphery are air and maestro. Mm, I have maestro at four. Yeah. I think either one of those could miss for May December. But I, I don't watch. I don't. I don't like the looks of the air shutout, and it did campaign decently well. So I wonder. I don't know. I just for me, it needed to show up in more places for me to believe it won't get shut out. That's also true. It, I, I have so early in the year, and it just pe yeah. like people like it, but they're just not talking about it enough compared to some of these other ones. Like May December, like it deft a lot of the buzz it had when it came out, but it's still people are still talking about it. Yeah, I was going to say yeah. that it's it's definitely quieted down quite a bit. I'm I'm expecting to make a change before the end of it, but I don't know. It's going to really bug me if I take it out and Air does get a nomination. I'm like, I was the first one to say Air was a best picture movie, let alone this. So, but I don't know. It doesn't matter. Um, but I think the top three of the top three, which is I have Past Lives at three. Mm -hmm. Yep. And then right now I have Anatomy of a Fall at two and Holdovers at one, but I'm very tempted to put Anatomy at one. I think it's between those three for sure. I have them in the same order you do, but it could definitely go either way. Yeah, Steve. I it, it's a big mix. I kind of am between what I want and what I think. You I th want the holdovers. I want the holdovers followed by past lives, followed by air, and I think anatomy though will probably take it. Just it's a sh if air got in, I would almost see it as like a potential dark horse because it's so well written. Mm -hmm. But yeah, um, I think the holdovers. If it was a if it was written by. Pain, Pain would be a slam dunk. Yeah, I think the the unknown uh, writer sometimes is a is a hiccup for some, but not a big enough deal. I think to matter. Yeah, and anatomy. I think it just depends on. I if we'll talk about it in a minute. If she gets into director, I think you have to switch her in the winning uh, screenplay. Uh, that's where I'm leaning as well, which will yeah. come up in a bit. All right. Supporting actress, we all have Divine Joy Randolph winning in a walk, right? Yes. There's no okay. competition. <laughs> So I'll say my two is Emily Blunt because sure, why not? Same. I have Danielle Brooks at three. Same. Uh, I have Jodie Foster at, for Nyad at four. I'm not currently predicting her, but I wouldn't be terribly surprised. I think it might come down to the fact that m people who like Nyad, almost everyone likes her better than Annette Benning in the movie. 
Yep. Well, and there's more room to sneak in in this category by comparison. Yes. And, and who doesn't weird... like Jodie Foster? Exactly. Well, and she, she's it's a got, weird nomination. She's got True Detective that just came yes. out. So she's on people's minds. Yes. Which is fantastic. It's a, very, it's a very weird nomination if it happens. But it's hard to argue with, like, you know, we always say we want her to act more. She's one of the greats. Like, it's, she should be, in a way, like, you, she should be treated like one of the greats, right? And, like, we complain when some people are just nominated for showing up. Like, she's good when she shows up. But I don't know. Um, and then here's the thing. So I think there's a glut at the bottom, right? Sure. So right now my five is Rosamund Pike. But I will tell you, I was supposed to interview her this week and they canceled. Mm. And I don't dun, know that dun, it's a great dun. sign to pull out of last minute interviews. I This is not me holding a grudge. Just want to make that very clear. I just think strategy wise, if you're not doing press, it's possible something came up, right? Someone's sick, right? I gotta, I, I, I want to take a vacation before the nominations or whatever phase two. Like, there's a whole bunch of reasons. They don't tell you why. It was her people. It wasn't the reps or anything like that. So who knows? It doesn't. It's not a huge deal, but I think that that because of the last minute buzz for that movie, she's one of the likeliest places for it to show up. That it would have definitely been helpful to just be like everyone's last interview before nominations. Sure. Well, I would I'll um, say this because I, I don't have her in my eight even, but I think she is by far the most likely above the line nod for Assault Burn. She is the one nomination that I can see without like large precursor attention. That that would be fair. Like, we talk about the SAG stuff and all that. Like so SAG, remember, didn't have. Um, uh, who did they miss? They 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 went. um Penelope Cruz got in as opposed to Pike, right? Yeah. Yes. Um, so Cruz is there, but I think she's a SAG outlier. Julianne Moore is right there. It just depends on how much they like May, December. So it's funny you should say that. They are my four and five. I think Cruz yeah. has shown up without as much buzz in the past and could easily show up as Ferrari's sole nomination. Um, just depends on how people saw Ferrari. Yes, correct. And um, I have Julianne Moore at five. She's definitely vulnerable, but... It could happen. And, you know, she's gotten yeah. in for Todd Haynes' work before. And then we have the the one we always sort of talked about is like, if she get maybe gets in with nothing, America Forever. Yep. That would be, I, I don't think it'll happen, but that is still the looming like, oh shit, Barbie's going to be a big deal. Again, she has been all over the place lately. Um, yeah, she and, just got to see her award at Critics' Choice. Yeah, and she pre- uh, she presented and the presentation was about her award, was uh, her and yeah. uh, uh, Kevin Costner. And not her what I'm sorry, her performance. Her speech. Um yeah. yeah. So, you know, she's getting the the she's she's present and and available to be remembered yeah. at the right time. Yeah. And then the other thing, I don't think it'll happen, but then there's Sandra Uller for Zone of Interest. I was just about to say, in a similar way to America Ferreira, I have her at six. I don't think it's super likely, but if she does get in, that is a very strong show for Zone of Interest in general. Indeed. All right. Supporting actor. Uh, I have I'm going to make the downy switch over Gosling. I think, like I said, it's going to come down the sack. Yep. But I do mm-hmm. think but I think we can agree they are the one and two. And I think De Niro has established himself as three. Yep. Um, so going back to quickly uh, supporting actress, the reason I had the top three the way they are is I believe they were the only three to show up at everything so far. Yeah, I think that's correct. And for supporting actor, it's Gosling, Downey, and De Niro have shown up at everything. Yep. Mm-hmm. So the here's arms. where it gets interesting. 
how do we feel about the poor things guys? At the moment, before I make my changes, I have both of them in. They could also both miss. I could see that. I, I now it's the, hard for me to imagine them both missing, but right now I, I'm still on Ruffalo at four, but it could just as easily go to foe or could go both. I have Ruffalo at four. I, he doesn't. He hasn't really missed with Oscar, right? So he's he's been spotty elsewhere, but he has nominations, right? Was he up to four or five now? Well, and not for nothing, but the last time Ruffalo was nominated was for Spotlight, where he missed at SAG. Exactly. So he and he has what he has. Um, Three now? So this will be four? That sounds or right. Because you have two and this will be three. Uh, I don't, but he's a multi-nomination. Spotlight. Is there a, what's the third one? Oh, yeah. He didn't get in for You Can Count On Me early on. So this would be three. Yeah. So, yeah. He's he's get, he's not <clears throat> he's not Ethan Hawke where, like, next time he gets nominated, you're like, is he a six-time nominee? Like, we should probably figure this out at some point. But he's getting to that, like, do range. Yeah. <clears throat> Just like Willem Dafoe, who's at four, maybe? Three or four? Uh, Five. Platoon, Shadow of the Vampire, Florida Project. So this would be four. No. At Eternity's Gate, this would be five. Oh, you're right. I forgot he had a lead one. Yeah. Oh, for a not great movie. Um, I think they're both vulnerable. I think they could both get in. I think the question you have to look at is, is Charles Melton going to get in? I mean, there was a time where we thought, could he win? But I don't I don't think we're yeah. there anymore. Right now, that was I have a, him missing, but he's at six. Same. And then I have Sterling K. Brown at seven. And I don't think it's really a race anymore after that. Yeah, I, I so right now, and this is one of my Hail Marys, I do have Sterling getting in. I think he's kind of peaking at the right time. And I think mm-hmm. SAG helps immensely. Um, it would be a very cool nomination. And especially <clears throat> if they overall show a lot of love for American fiction, then it could definitely happen. But I think it's between him and Melton and Defoe, like you're saying. Yep. For my exactly. eighth slot, going back to a theory I had um, earlier in the year about them having double nominees and supporting actor for the past few Coleman. years. No, I have uh, Matt Damon for Oppenheimer. Yeah, that'd be interesting. That would be like a that'd weird thing because that feels like the kind of zero precursor buzz, but just gets in there anyway, kind of thing that yeah, they yeah. do sometimes. Yeah, Steve, who do you have missing, or who do you have in? Uh, I it's the same three. I'm uh, actually well four with Ruffalo, uh, Melton. Uh, so you have Melton as your fifth. Melton's my fifth currently. Yeah, Willem, uh, okay. Willem, and. Uh, Sterling K are the ones that I'm like, eh, I could easily see okay. them easily be in there, but it's tough. Yeah. So to roll the dice. Yes. So I think uh, Sterling was the SAG edition, right? Over Ruffalo. Mm-hmm. Yep. Melton missed. So like, I, again, how, how much do you want to go with SAG? Actress, speaking of, right? Sandra Uller missed at SAG. That doesn't seem likely. Yeah, I'd be very surprised if she missed. So the other four, I believe, have shown up everywhere. Lily Gladstone, Emma Stone, Carrie Mulligan, Margot Robbie. Carrie Mulligan and Margot Robbie seem bottom tier, right? Yeah. Happy to be nominated at this point. So you have Gladstone and Stone. Stone and Gladstone and Stone. I like that. Um, Very different types of performances. Um, You would like to see... I mean, here's the thing. You want to make it a little more interesting than just who wins SAG. But, like, I guess SAG-BAFTA will kind of tell the story here. Yeah, although if they split, then we might be back to square one, which is definitely depends on, probable. Depends on, depends on where the split is. I think 
Honestly, I think if Lily Gladstone wins SAG, I think that's bigger than if um, Emma Stone she, wins I think BAFTA. if she, I think I think I Gladstone getting the boost from her peers, right? That would definitely is, is that would tip me might over make, the edge for sure. Exactly. Yeah, especially Whereas since Stone wins, has you know she has the yeah. gold. She has it at home already. So it's if Stone wins Globe, Gladstone wins BAFTA. It's really close. And I'm hard pressed to to choose in the moment. If Gladstone wins SAG, Stone wins BAFTA. I think Gladstone wins, but it's close. If either sweeps, they win. Yep. Right. And of right course, now, if Sandra Uller wins Stone, something, but I, it's Same very very changeable. Yeah, I have Sandra Uller at three as the upset. Yep. Uh, I mean, I have Mulligan at four. Look Robbie out! At five. Look out for Sandra Uller as like. A vote split upset because if it's as close as we think yeah. it is, then someone like her could easily sneak in. Would help if she wins BAFTA for sure, because she won't have SAG to help. Um, I have Annette Benning just min- missing at six. She was the one who got in at SAG. So I've got Carrie Mulligan at four. I've got Margot Robbie just missing. I've got Greta oh, wow. Lee in five. I have oh, Benning I at six. That. Portman seven. Greta Lee eight. I, I would. I mean. It, it's possible, but it, it seems like it's kind of slowed down. But past lives, uh, for a while there, seemed like it was going to be one that would pop up here and there. I think it's going to be limited. Yeah. So I don't see it happening, but Miles, I hope you're right. Yeah. I think the the thing here is she would get in without a lot, but it's possible. Mm-hmm. I also think it's just such a weird look, even for the Academy who loves a bad look, to not have Barbie nominated in Barbie. I know, but l- lest we forget, we're not that far removed from Adam Driver being the only nominated actor from Black Klansman. Yes. And I, I thought her um, role was, you know, her performance was very plastic. <laughs> no, I, I think she's definitely, you, I'll, I'll allow that. she's definitely on the cusp. And then special citation on Janu Ellis if the weird last minute grassroots thing actually works. Which, yes, I have her. But I also, I have her. At 12. But yeah, I'm going to move her up before that, but not higher than like eight or nine. That's fair. Um, actor, as we wrap up, are we all on uh, on Giamatti winning right now? Right now, yeah. Yes. And we all have Murphy too? Yep. Mm-hmm. Interesting. I have Cooper down at three. Same. Same. Now, here's what I'll tell you guys. This is the one SAG category I've copied. I have Jeffrey Wright and Coleman Domingo. I have DiCaprio missing. Same. Exact same. And I would be so happy if this was our best. Like, if that's how it ended up, this would be one of our strongest best actor lineups in years. Yep. Mm-hmm. I have DiCaprio six. I have Andrew Scott seven. I have Barry Keegan eight. We have the exact same eight in the exact same order. <laughs> I have Zach Efron at nine. Would he be your nine? He would have been, yeah. I took I DiCaprio out. I have Matt Damon at air at 10. Would he be your 10? I don't know. He was never on my radar. <laughs> okay. Yeah, whatever. Okay, Steve, what did you say? I took DiCaprio out and I put him back in. Um, we'll see what happens, but yeah, all right. He's my five. Um, okay, me. who, who I, just I think swap he's... out for him? Yeah, who did miss? Uh, Domingo. That's definitely. Fair. I I think it's. <laughs> I mean, the rest of the shutout could happen, but I think, I think he's, Jeffrey Wright's yeah. in a much stronger spot than he was before. Maybe. Yeah, we'll and I think with um, when it comes to winning, uh, Giamatti delivers a great speech. So he does. He does. He does. He does give a good speech. It's a genuine speech. I mean, for those of you who listen to my um, my interview with him, like he's just a guy, just a guy who goes the in and out. Yeah. Well, uh, I mean, that what was it? What was Sunday? Uh, 
Well, Sunday was Critics' Choice, where he was like, "I didn't realize that would be viral marketing." Yeah, but, uh, that that was his, that was a great speech. He brings up his dad, yeah, gets emotional, you know, and he talks about teachers. Like he's doing yeah. a good job. He's yeah. he's coming off as authentic. Doesn't look like he's written, you know, anything kind of thing. It's good. When he's like, All he's right. well loved within the industry. Like he's the kind of guy who's worked with everyone at this point. Like, mm-hmm. and there's this sense of him being not overdue per se, but like he's missed for a few deserving things a few times. He's been on the cusp. So he's got and a good is narrative, that... whereas Killian, it's a yeah. first time nomination. It's a little hard. And he does have that vague thing where it's like, we don't know for sure we'll get to him again. Yeah. Uh, let, uh, let me say this just in case he does miss the whole Bradley Cooper wants it too much. Uh, that, stupid. That annoys the shit out of me. And if you're on that boat, yeah. you're, oh, unfollow me, please. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I don't. I don't buy that. All right. So director, I'll give you the DGA five, which were Greta Gerwig, Yorgos Lanthimos, Christopher Nolan, Alexander Payne, Martin Scorsese. Very sort of. Sure. Right. Mm-hmm. Kind of five. Mm-hmm. Now, I have Nolan winning in a walk. I think we all do. Yep. Yeah. I have Scorsese at two because why not? Someone's got to be two. I have Yorgos at three. I have Greta at four. But there is another world where she comes up short because apparently women are bad for reasons I don't understand. This is the thing. This is the last minute worry I think everyone has. Right. Of her coming up short. Now, if she does, and I'm not predicting it, but I think you'd have Payne get in, right? Sure. And then you'd have Jonathan Glazer get in. So. Or. or, Go ahead. I was about to say. Because I. So right now I have Greta 4. I have Glazer 5 as the lone. As not a lone director, but the um, non-DGA 5. I have Payne at 6. I have Celine Song 7. Justine Tree at 8. I have Cooper all the way down at 9. Yeah, Cooper, I think, is not happening. Yeah, which is funny because I think there's more directing going on here than in A Star is Born. I think A Star is Born is a better film, but it's interesting that he's going to miss for this. Yeah. Well, I, I think Maestro in one. general isn't quite popping off the way it needed to. No, it's showing up as like we'll nominate it in all the spots that like you kind of think it will get nominated in, but nothing more. Yeah. So we're we're on a similar wavelength. I've got the same three. I've got Yorgos ahead of Scorsese, but it's negligible because this is Nolan's to lose. Um, exactly. I have Payne at four because they mm-hmm. always get like the one in there that's not not super flashy, but kind of especially if it's like a known quantity. Um, yeah. That just seems likely to me. I have Gerwig just missing at six, and she could still very easily get in, but I think she's just out. And here's my Hail Mary. I have Justine Triette getting in. It's possible. And I think it's a late minute surge. It's a late surge, but I think it is there, and I think she's shown up, not in terms of nominations, but in terms of playing the room and you know being present and giving good speeches and things. And I think there's going to be... I, 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 and again, I haven't seen Zone of Interest yet, but I'm still on the wagon that it's just going to be kind of alienating to just enough people that it's going to suffer on a preferential ballot. And I think I think it could, but I think just enough like of the highfalutin types might save it. Sure, and I think it, it helps that he's got sort of a career of like you know popular films to look back on. So I, he's at my yeah. seven. Um, so I think it, it those are the seven that are in the mix. 
but I don't know. I just, I just get a funny feeling. I think anatomy by comparison, and especially if you look at PGA where both anatomy and zone got in, but if you look at between the two, I think anatomy has, I don't know. It, it's a, it's a hell of a lot more accessible. I oh, for sure. And I, and, and it's close and that's, and this has become a much more interesting race than it was a month ago. And I love that. Sure. Even though I'm worried about what might happen. I mean, I would love for both Justine and Greta to get in. I mean, Selena's on the outskirts. I don't think it's crazy likely, but if she gets in, then watch out. Not not for her to win, yeah. but just for past lives in general, maybe screenplay or something. Oh, totally. Um, and then in picture, Wait, hold on, hold on. I have the, uh, my oh, yeah, my my five and my five is pain, and uh, song is my six, and I th- see them as just as uh, Miles had said. If it happens, I think it'll be a bigger day that for past lives than expected, but I okay. don't completely expect it. Just hope it. Yeah. Okay. And then I have the PGA 10 in pictures. I believe I do as well. It's so, hard not to. Be, yeah. I mean, nothing, nothing would suggest otherwise. I think the – I will tell you that – I would say also in play, there's the Saltburn surprise, right? That we've kind of like talked around in other categories. There's May, December, like kind of on the periphery and seemed like for a moment it was going to maybe get in. And then you have, I have air just missing, right? seems like it's going to come up just short. The all of a strangers thing, right? Mm -hmm. Where that's my, is it? That's my 11. Yep. And then you have the color purple, which has gotten like weird picture nominations where it feels like sadly obligatory as opposed to enthusiastic. And I just don't know if that's how Academy members will react or if that's just like critics choice being like, well, we think it's going to hit real big. Let's try to get on the bandwagon. So here's, and it's kind of been built up to all night, but my big hail Mary is that I can't in good conscience go the PGA and even though that's most likely correct so i have zone just missing at 11 and i have the color purple getting in which is why i've been strategically including it throughout so that it's not sort of showing up with just that and supporting actress but i could be completely off base but again i just something about zone of interest i just feel like on a preferential ballot it's really going to struggle and i think enough even if color purple isn't going to be a slam dunk or going to win anything, I think just enough people love it that it's mm-hmm. going to show up in some surprising places. I think all of us strangers and past lives, I know past lives is in my 10 already, but I think those are the two films that if they're, if something's going to pop up in a few places we didn't expect, I think those are the two because there, there's a positivity about them and there's just something you know, it, it connects in a different way than some of the 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 ten films out there this year just have like this kind of hardness to them, if that makes sense. Um, and those are films that people can embrace because they're they're easy to connect to in different ways than every other film I see. So um, I'm not expecting again, but if it happened, I would not be completely surprised. Yeah. So here's the thing. I would normally be leery about the PGA 10, right? But when they go in other directions, they go populist and popular and moneymakers, right? And they didn't do that here. 
they went with the boring Oscar 10, if you want to call that the boring Oscar 10. And they don't usually do that. So I wonder if it's just sort of this is the 10. Yeah. You know? Could be. That's that's my thinking. Um, and I think if I'm going to make a swap, I've already – I've abandoned the the air thing. Um, I think if I take out Zone, I might put in Saltburn just to see if that will happen. Yeah. If I took out Zone, Zone would be the one I would take out and it would be all – Oh, yeah. No, that's – I think zone is the one that will miss if something yeah. misses, unless it's like a very surprising maestro or something like that. Yeah, because you have the other categories, so it's it's that also hurts. And and like Miles said, if you're preferential, um, you know, I could see a lot of people. Nah, that one didn't work for me. Where then, and that's where a film like Past Lives, you know, I, I wish they, you know, I I wish they gave out the final votes so you can see the tallies and say, oh shit, that got a lot of number twos, not enough number yeah. ones to win. Because those are the films that I think uh, are, are probably, you know, they could slip in in different categories for nominations. For wins, I don't know. But um, the same thing, I think it can work against uh, Zone of Interest for that reason. Sure. I mean, it's 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 so TBD, but I'm, I'm going to yeah. record this on Tuesday night. I'm not deciding anything until Thursday, um, at the very least. But um, we will see. And... We've been doing this long enough that we should wrap up. But what I want to leave us on, obviously say where you can be followed and all that. Tell me your nomination that would make you the happiest that you see and the one other surprise, if you want to throw out a surprise that maybe we didn't bring up. Like just something sort of on the periphery that like could could shock. Miles? Uh, well, you can follow me at both Twitter and Letterboxd at Miles on Film. That's M-Y-L-E-S on Film. You can also check out my Instagram at Marvelous Miles. Um, stay tuned for updates on my uh, upcoming film project, which is very close to being in the can. So that's exciting. Um, is that the title? In the can? It is not. <laughs> oh, I really was hoping for that. Um what would make me happy? I mean, I would be pretty happy if Godzilla got in for VFX. That would be, that would be okay. very pleasant. And then just like a random surprise. I mean, we've been talking around it all year, and I don't think it's likely at all. But Glenn Howerton for Blackberry, that would be such a cool nomination. Totally. All right, Steve? Uh, it's too late for me to have any great... Uh, anything that I haven't mentioned already. So, uh, well, first of all, you can follow me at the mall... Uh, walking down the street <laughs> or uh, at your at your children's basketball games. Yeah, I'll be there on the sidelines. Um, or you can follow me on Twitter uh, at Filmstork on Letterboxd at the same and oh Instagram. So my pick, I, I'm just going to say Dance the Night. I'd love to see that. Happen. OK, that'd be cool. Sure. Yeah, be fun. All right. Uh, you can find me at Joey Magazine on all the stuff. You can find Awards Radar on all the stuff. I just don't care enough about those. Um I think the thing that would make me the happiest would be, um, not going to happen, but Zac Efron, the Iron Claw, or really Iron Claw anywhere. That movie just hit like a week too late, yeah. two weeks too late, uh, because it is like financially successful, well-liked, like exceeding expectations like that. That mm, I don't know what the right week would have been, but what a shame. Uh, and then the surprise, I'll just reiterate, I, I, I don't know that it'll happen, but watch out for the Saltburn, like not getting shut out thing. We'll, so see. we'll see. Um, yep. Next week we will return with the nominations, and it'll probably be uh, as long an episode, unfortunately. So, <laughs> or fortunately, if you enjoy this, so take pity on Steve who edits this, and uh, 
yeah, uh, the next time we see you at the movies, we will know about the Academy Award nomination. So strap in. Very exciting. And yeah, it'll uh, it's going to be something. So we will go over it all next week. For now, feel free to get at us with your, your predictions, your takes, your worries, your hopes, your fears. And uh, yeah, next time, the answers will be here. So walk on in the meantime. Take care, everyone. Bye, y'all. Thanks for listening. Be sure to subscribe and to visit awardsradar.com for the best in awards and entertainment content.